This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Made in New Zealand, the Balanced Pure Performance Range is available at Chemist Warehouse, starting from just $62.99. Save 10%. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Friday, 15th of April 2022, and we're live back for the scene of the crime, and what a crime it was. We've come down here and raided it. The race by Grins, self-assured and SCNZ. We've got it done. Welcome into the show this morning. If you joined us last night, thanks for your company. It was a, an excellent night down here at Cambridge Raceway, and uh, Kempi and myself are here for Baznazi for breakfast, and SCNZ right through till 11am this morning. And then we'll hand it over for the team to get through the rest of the day on a good Friday. So if you're travelling, please drive safe and stay tuned to SCNZ. We've got lots and lots to keep you entertained with. Later on, we'll catch up with Robbie Patterson talking Coventina Bay. We'll try to pin down the magician, the little genius himself, Mark Purden. And of course, we'll catch up with Daggy because it's Blues Crusaders night. And I cannot wait for the Blues to go to Christchurch and have to be all cold and go in there and get beaten up in the Fords. It's going to be a great game. Warriors this weekend as well. So much. And we're sitting here, of course, in the aftermath of winning the $900,000 race. I've got the trophy here. I've got Kempi here. And Kempi, you are in one piece. I am. I made it last night. I made it through the night. And uh, I I just wish that Izzy was here, man. It would have been a great night. Like, we talked about it all week, about how the race was going to pan out, and as it was coming down the straight, Joe was, like, walking around in his white pants. You were, like, bouncing off the ceilings, and it was just, it was just a wonderful night. And I and I actually, actually had to get the trophy. Imagine, like, no one told me that I was up there to get the slot. Like, here it is in front of us. I don't know if that was the plan, but whatever happened, you've ended up with the trophy, Kempi. You've done a great job. You've brought it home. 
I watched back some footage this morning of us, Mick and I, and, and everyone, and our, our shareholder, Brett, when Self-Assured, right in front of us about the 150-metre mark here, he was at the front, he looked like he had enough legs in him, and everybody was losing their mind around us. It was one of the great experiences, and we'll talk about that, reflect that throughout the morning. But it is Easter Friday, and we are in the heart of thoroughbred country. So, while we're down here, we thought it would be a great opportunity to catch up with the man who's taken over a new role in the last month. Um, fair to say he's been influential in keeping racing afloat during COVID times. He's going to be very influential for the success of thoroughbred racing in New Zealand and, of course, then Australasia over the next wee while. It's the new CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, Bruce Sharrick, who's joined us this morning down here at the scene of said crime. It's very good of you to join us, Bruce, uh, in person. Of course, there's a whole other story of you and Kempi and how you guys know each other. But first of all, thanks for coming down to see us. And you were here last night. Yeah, I was. Look, firstly, pleasure to be here. What a what a great outlook, sitting here with a beautiful day. Uh, it was a really good night last night here. Um, so, yeah, I was hosted by the uh, by the Tarapa crew, Tarapa uh, Thoroughbred Racing. So it was a fantastic night. Um, yeah, couldn't think of a better way to spend my Easter Friday than with you blokes sitting here <laughs> looking at a, a trotting track. Yeah. Said with a lot of liquor sarcasm. Not nah. at all. I'm sitting next to my captain in school, you know. Bruce was captain of our first 15 team, so, like, looking at him now was what I used to look, you know, when I looked at him when he was 15, he looked the same. Like a bloodthirsty <laughs> flanker? Yeah, mate, he has, he, has an age, he has an age a minute. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Keep those compliments flowing. Well, we'll see, because um, it's a long hour. Uh, so, you guys screw up in Waitara. Of course, we know we've spoken to Al Sharrick a, a lot on our show. Bruce, we've had you on. We've had the back and forth between you and Kempi before Kempi was even hosting, the Philadelphia lawyer, um, the guy that makes no sense, former Warriors coach, Tony <laughs> Kempi. There's a lot of niggle between you, but you're, you're good mates, and this is the white of crew gone global, really. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, mate, we did. We grew up uh, from a very young age um, playing a bit of footy in Waitra. And, um, yeah, I guess the world evolves, and, and you end up where you end up. So uh, one thing that's stayed consistent as a friendship um yeah we've all been around various parts of the world doing various things but yeah the the relationships and i think it's a special thing about our small um town back back home you retain those friendships and every time we go home it's it's like you've never left so uh yeah i thoroughly enjoy it sometimes you have enough of this fella but anyway you get that well, you're telling joe <laughs> Blokes been absolutely yeah, tortured. I've only been here five minutes and Joe's copped it non-stop, so mate, I do feel for you. <laughs> Thank God he's not in the car, Joe. Uh, Joe you Seriously. Do, you might get a job off it, so you just you might be able to escape. This could be Bruce could be your ticket out of here. Hey, um, you know, you speak about that uh, small town New Zealand and where you guys, where you boys have come from. One thing I admire about you both and Al as well is how you've never forgotten where you come from. And I think it's important, and we're here for the next hour with Bruce, by the way. So if you've got anything you want to pass on or you want to ask, double eight, double three, we'll filter it out, or 0800-150-811. One thing that I really admire about you guys, and you forgot where you come from, and I think, Bruce, what you're about to embark on, the challenge as being the uh, skipper of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, that small town presence and never forget where you've come from mentality and, and grounding you've got, I mean, to be able to pull on that, I think it's going to be so important for you, because racing really is grassroots at the heart of it in New Zealand, and no matter how many $900,000 races or it's harness or gallops we run, at the heart of it, it is community people and Kiwis. And, and so that must be really helpful coming from where you've come from. Well, I, yeah, look, I think so. I mean, I understand the coalface. I understand I grew up with it. Um, as, a, as a young young fella, I was, 
walking up uh, Airfield Road in Takadini with uh, Baggy Hillis and Dad and Alan. We were leading horses, so I've been around it. I've seen it. I, I didn't get involved as Alan did and Dad did. Um, I went the footy way, and you know, here we have come full circle, and I'm I'm back involved. And I think it's just, I think racing as a sport is one of those things. Once it it, it gets its claws into you, you uh, you stay connected in some way, shape, or form. But you are right. I mean, racing is a very grassroots type. Um, at, at its core, a, a grassroots type sport. Yeah, it's like you know. That, I was talking to Bull last night. You know about if we're sitting in a, you know, having a beer, going around the mountain, and, and saying like twenty years time, you're going to be running New Zealand racing. Um, I just think with the Sherrick boys, you know, because I grew up sitting beside them, Louis. You know, having having Bruce, who's been through that whole managing of you know, because because the other part of um, Bruce's capital was that people don't understand that he looked after all the best all blacks in the in the game you know like he was he's a really good player manager and he understands people um and then you got alan who's like he's our father you know what i mean like he's just what you see is what you get and i was saying to bruce last night you know like who would have thought you know 20 years down the track if we said man in 20 years time you're going to be running new zealand racing um and here he is today sitting here you know and what do you reckon bull like you sit here, you're looking out, you're on the racetrack, you're the boss. I guess you're the boss. Do you see it like, say, let's say your five-year horizon. What's what's your goal? Like, what's your goal in five years? Oh, look, it's it's hard to encapsulate in one sentence, but the reality is we've got to turn the business around. We've got to make it financially sustainable. Um, we've got to have a few, I guess, confronting and adult conversations about the commercial reality of what we face. And... Um, the positive for me is the green shoots are there. They're definitely the otherwise I wouldn't I wouldn't have come forward and, and had a go. Um, I genuinely think that we can do it. There needs to be, uh, I guess, collaboration throughout the industry and the parochialism within club land, within different sectors. We have to start thinking of what's best for us as an industry rather than what's best for my own backyard. And I think the moment we do that, we're going to make some real progress. Let, let's let's have a look at it. Like when you're looking at all the real estate. You know what I mean? Like, me and you have been in real estate all our lives, you know? Like, you, you're you the bloke that taught me about real estate and buying properties and investing and um, growing your growing your personal wealth. When you when you look around the country, like, we're sitting here today and we're in the middle of Cambridge and we're, what is it, five acres maybe that we're sitting on? What do you see across the country and the and the growth you can see if if the industry comes together and, and takes that, that capital... Um, oh, that wealth that they've got just sitting in land itself. How do you how do you sort that out? Well, how do you sort it out is the hard part. The easy part is, I think, looking at looking at racing as a business. If you take a step back and let's not overcomplicate what it really is, the fact of the matter is that we're a business that conducts between two ninety and three hundred meetings a year. That's fundamentally what we put on. So what we have to ensure is that we've got an infrastructure to sustain that. A uh, number of events. We need to have uh, good racing services. We we need to have better facilities. Um, and so, when you have a look at that, you say, how many venues do you need? the The reality is, if you go back to a McCarthy report, which I think was in the late fifties, early sixties, they commented then that we needed to rationalise the venue numbers. Um, you only have to look at the big centres uh, in New South Wales and Victoria, similar populations to New Zealand, and start adding up the the tracks that they have. 
So it's not about closures. It's about coming together and saying, look, we have an asset base and we're very fortunate because what's happened is, I guess the urbanisation of New Zealand has occurred. Uh, the population's grown around our real estate and it's become very valuable. So we've got to get smart with that. I'll give you an example. Um, I had a discussion not long ago with a, a board member of Naitahu. So back in 1996, uh, Naitahu was awarded through their treaty settlement about 150 million, 170 million. Yeah. The first thing they did was they put a uh, trustee to wrap around that capital and made it non-accessible to iwi. What they've done since then is invested that sum that's grown to just under two billion, and they're distributing close to 60 million to iwi every year. And yep. so that's via different channels, like they've got their seafood company, their tourism outlets, and different, they had property, I mean, they actually had a torrid time with the totally. earthquakes and COVID as well, totally. despite it. So, so the concept is not new. What I'm saying is I think racing needs to look at it that way. And, and I think the, the biggest misnomer that sits out there in racing land is that NZTR wants the money and they'll fritter it away because there's been a past experience of that. Yeah. We need to stop that thinking. NZTR doesn't want it. The industry needs it. So the industry needs to uh, wrap around that capital sum, but future-proof uh, future proof it for the benefit of the industry going forward. So, Bruce, like the first thing that um, jumps out to me when I speak to you, and I've had a couple of conversations with you now, and the thing that smacks me in the nose is your pragmatism and your clarity around your thinking on actually what needs to be done to get... So I know you're a very clear thinker, and you you, you know what you need to do. Where you also... The thing that you just alluded to there is the mistrust and the mm. distrust, because there have been administrators that have pissed off, trodden on, upset industry stakeholders, and not just one administrator. Like, there's been a... You know, there's no way we ever name names, and there's no way we need to. It's just there's been a... There's been a lack of probably care for the people in racing, I think, and that's what they feel. So when you say this, even though it sounds like it makes you you've got the clear roadmap and it makes sense, there's just that last bit of emotive piece mm. of a human that goes, yeah, but why would I trust NZTR? And you see that misconception. So mm. the, for me, the overarching question is how do you rebuild those relationships that might have been broken? And and so you, you might have the roadmap forward, but without building and repairing those relationships, how can you implement them? Yeah, and that that's a, that's a really valid point. And I think one of the things that I have to do is is go and talk to people from all all uh, ends of the industry, and talk in just realistic terms about where we sit. Um, the other thing is actually put in place something that they can see is not an ability for NZTR. And I want to separate NZTR and the industry. NZTR is a part of the industry. NZTR is part of the team. Yeah, sure. Um, I think in, in previous times, if I'm reading things correctly, NZTR has been seen as the person who's trying to either, I don't know, detract, uh, stop progress, whatever. Um, I think the other key point that people forget is August 2020 was when the new act came into play. Okay, so that gave the codes, and clearly I'm now talking NZTR, the ability to run and direct its own boat. And so that's what we're doing. Um, and, and we do have... We do have the ability, if we can put around um, what I just talked about, the capital sums that could be realised, and it could still be in development. I'm not saying we have to cash everything up, okay? But the reality is, if we wrap around uh, a framework that gives the industry confidence, that they will have access 
to the revenue that comes from their investments, what we have to assure is that that capital is not eroded. Mm. It's got to be intergenerational. It's got to be linked so that we don't look back in 10 years and CPI has eroded it. It doesn't have its value. All of those sorts of mechanics. Yep. But the simple thing is, if you've got $10 million in an asset and you cash it up and you become a tenant at, at another club and you still have your great day and you're generating a million dollars in revenue and you want to put half of that into stakes, half of that into infrastructure and some of it into community, we're all supportive of that. That's what we want to do. Um, so as I say, the industry needs you. That's where we have to come together. That's how I see it. And yeah, you're right. I, I've got to get around and I've got to talk to the people and say it's a straightforward and pragmatic way of recapitalising our business, future-proofing our business, so that we can look back and go, we're in good shape. I mean, if we look at rugby, rugby is going through a process at the moment where they're having to sell down between 5 and 8% of their business to capitalise it so they can go and do the things they want. They don't have real estate. They have a team called the All Blacks, and they try and commercialise it around the world. Yeah. We're different. We have some real estate. Different we have some asset. assets. 100%. I was, I was talking to a guy last night, Bill, he, he's talking about rugby, about the um, Silver Lake deal. Is it called Silver Lake? Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, he sort of didn't get it. You know, like he's obviously a lot older than what we are. Um, are twenty spring chickens? Yeah, yeah. And I was saying to him, look, you know, kids in, in 10, 20 years' time, they're not going to be like wanting to play football, but they want to put the VR system on, which is the Silver Lake, Silver Lake deal. And wear it and go out there and be a part of the game and not get not get a part of the collision. And he was like, honestly, he was falling over. He didn't really understand it. And the question I've got for you is like, how do you take, like, and, and your brother, Alan, is a prime example. How do you take those guys who get it? Like, Alan gets it. You know what I mean? Like, when you talk to Alan about real estate and investing in, in, in racing, um, but has been entrenched in that racing game for so long, how do you get them to move to your way of thinking? I think Louis touched on its trust. Mm. They, they've, they've got to grow their trust levels, um, and, and that's our major job. Uh, we've, we've got to assure them with the framework we put around it that it is for the greater good of the industry. Um, and I think that's the key thing. We've just got to work with them to get them to understand. And look, as I sit here today, there's a number of very positive conversations going on around the country that have been initiated um, through NZTR and the clubs. We want the clubs to work together. We want them to come to their own solutions and work it out. I mean, ATR is a glowing example of what can happen when two clubs come together and start to benefit the industry. So, you know, with, with counties and Ellerslie coming together forming ATR, I mean, the, the fruits of that for the greater industry will be seen very, very shortly. I mean, at the moment, they're undergoing a, a, a renovation to see a Strathair track put in. Yep. A huge investment, huge infrastructure benefit for our industry. And beyond that, I mean, stakes will flow. They genuinely will flow. People will see it start to come to life. And as I say, there are a number of very positive conversations happening as we speak here today. Awesome, Bruce. Hey, if you've got a message or a question for Bruce Sharrock, we're sitting here this morning uh, back at Cambridge Raceway. Where last night we won the race. That's Harness Racing with Self Assured. It was an amazing night for SENZ, for Self Assured, for Gene Feast, the owner, Mark Purden, uh, everyone involved. So we're sitting here at a racetrack. We're talking a, a slightly different code at the moment, Thoroughbred Racing. Uh, I think a lot of these themes and messages we're talking about when we put into the thoroughbred lens translate uh, across the codes, and it's a good distinction Bruce makes. NZTR is not the industry. They're a part of the industry. But if you've got a question regarding the thoroughbred code, double eight double three or 0800 150 811, love to get you involved in the show this morning. 
as track work starts, because this is the most important thing I always like to remind people about racing. Racing doesn't stop. There's no last race, and a trainer, doesn't matter how big the winners the night before, they're thinking about the horses the next morning. So the people are hardened, they are good people, and they do care. And that's what we're talking about this morning with Bruce Sherrick, CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. We'll be back after this. Keep your messages coming on a double eight, double three. Baz Nizzy for breakfast with Kempi, Louie, and Bruce at the moment from Cambridge Raceway with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. You certainly are. This morning, live from Cambridge Raceway, in the aftermath of the $900,000 race, which we won. We're looking at our trophy this morning that we've managed to take home. Kempi did a great job securing that in the prize giving. We'll be with you all the way through to 11, recapping what was a magical night for SCNZ, self-assured, never uninvolved. If you're here on track, I'd love to hear from you later on the show. But right now, we're sitting alongside, and we're very lucky to be joined on Good Friday. I don't know if you're the religious type, Bruce, but you could be doing lots of other things with your family. Oh, he is, mate. <laughs> he is. Well, right now, we're in the church of thoroughbred racing. <laughs> we're at the altar with the CEO. I can't look at him, mate. I'm ser- seriously, all I'm, I'm just looking out at the horizon. I can't I can't turn my head to the, to the right, because I'll just start laughing. Why? Why? Oh, is that? I, and I just don't want to say anything to him, you know, because he'll, he'll end up smacking me. <laughs> I'm not that way, Louis. No, I, I, I think a lot of what Kempi says is unfair, but especially about you, Paul. I hope you were yeah. listening last Friday. Uh, I'm not sure if I was. <laughs> no, I, I, quite, I quite often have things to do in the morning. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're a busy guy because you're reshaping an industry. Wow. He texts me, he, Louis, Louis, he texts me, he texts me when I was talking about, what's, what's her name, Dame... The, the badminton player, what's her name? Susan, Susan Tavoy. <laughs> he, he, he goes, badminton? When you're meant to be talking about squash. A squash, yeah. He goes, you didn't say it once, you said it twice, mate. I'm like, oh, did I? Yeah, well, you, don't, you don't get a league player to talk badminton nah, or squash. Nah. <laughs> Some of those knocks come back to haunt him. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, people might say, well, why have we got a player agent running in, running the New Zealand racing? Mm. You know, speaking of things, doing other yeah. things. Let's, can we just talk, because I believe a lot, a lot of the distrust around... Um, administration and racing comes from not knowing the people and not trusting the people and not kn- actually knowing the people. So you first of all, the best thing, not the best thing, there's lots of good things about you, but you got Sharrick in your name. You understand where you've come from. You told us that right at the top. Where, where's your professional career been the last 20, 30 years, uh, Bull? And you know, what, where have you made your way and, and how have you found yourself back here from a, a business point of view? Yeah, look, um, I, I guess the start of it was I, I've always had... Uh, I guess an interest in business full stop and I mean even when you know uh, Kempi started playing footy I was one of the blokes he'd reach out to to ask about contracts I remember having discussions with a Gary Hetherington up in Leeds for him at one point yeah. I didn't know anything about it but I was happy to have a chat um, from there uh, I guess the other side of I, I guess where I developed was finance that was always something that was you know numbers I, I enjoy and mm. have always had an affinity towards that uh, I then uh, I guess I worked for the AMP uh, for a long time as they transformed into a financial services organisation from um, an insurance organisation and then found myself in the retail game so uh, I got into sports retail I had a sports retail store and then brought into a nationwide franchise um, called Lifestyle Sports. Uh, at its peak, we had about 22 stores wow. uh, throughout the country. And um, yeah, learned a lot about uh, business through that process. Um, and equally, as we came to the end of that great run, learned a lot on the way out. And uh, I think there's a saying, you know, not that we failed, but I think when you hit hard times, you learn a lot about the processes. And um, yeah, I certainly learned a lot. 
about business through that. Uh, the sports side of things, uh, look, I've always had an interest in sport, never made it to the level uh, that I or like most young fellas want to. Yeah, same. <laughs> and, um, you well, know. What you could have, though, because he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking, mate, he was this size when he was 12. Like, seriously, he's the biggest, he was the biggest kid in school, he was a captain of the first 15, and was used to carve size up until some bloke threw you a ball from the wing, wasn't it? Hey, what was his name? Gre- Gregory Cock. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's his genuine last name. Did a, did an ACL at high school, and that was the end of that. And in those days, they didn't repair it like they did today. So we had to play on, and I got a knee replacement about uh, twelve years ago because it wore out. Oh wow! So, uh, but no, look, I enjoyed sport, and um, always had that connection. And I, I guess for me, how the sports management thing kicked off was I was approached by a number of players. I mean, Walter Little uh, and I played rugby uh, in Glenfield. And uh, Walt got hit up to go to uh, Japan, and he he said to me, "Bro, can you give me a hand?" And I said, "Yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah, but like what? Yeah, what, <laughs> what do you, want do you me mean? To do? So long story short, we both went to Japan and ended up doing a good deal, and wow. that's kind of how it kicked off. Uh, he had a very good friend in Craig Innes, um, who I'd met through Kempi because they both played at Leeds. Mm. Post and I sat down, had a chat about what we wanted to do. He, he good practice, mate. A couple of cowboys, eh? Yeah, he good practice. And, yeah, I, I guess where we've ended up today is we've got, uh, I don't know, circa 1,100 clients globally. So you're still involved? I'm still an owner. I've devolved all of my responsibility. There's a there's a small number of top-end clients that I keep in contact with domestically. He undersells it, mate. But all the work's Seriously. done. He's, he's like the main man. That's why, that's why I talk to all the All Blacks when they come on and say, well, who, who's, your, who's your manager? Because I'm always pumping them up. You know, there's two there's two agencies in New Zealand. One of them one of them was essentially, is it? Yeah, well, they're called Halo. Halo, and then there's Bruce, Esportive. You know what I mean? Bruce and Posty. I remember Posty phoning me and said, "Oh man, I'm getting this. I'm getting this game. You know, like with Keenan, guy yeah. called Keenan back in Aussie." And I said, "Man, you should talk to my best mate. His name is Bruce Sharrock. He goes, "Yeah, what's he doing?" I said, "He's a player manager, man." And um, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to him. Well, those two have been like best mates for what? best on 20 years now and I think Bruce undersells that part of the game like if you can be a player manager I call him babysitting like he he will go to the ends of the earth to look after the players and when when you look at it from a you know what he's doing with the racing industry like he's going to earn their trust and he's going to show them how to take this this game forward. Kimby is exactly what I was curious about so you know, athletes at the peak of their powers are interesting characters. And, oh, they are. Man. And um, I'm sure you've got more stories <laughs> than I've had hot oat lattes. Um, some of the characters you're dealing with in New Zealand thoroughbred racing, they'll be hard to convince of your messaging. They'll be um, trying to pick holes in everything you're doing, and there'll be some heated conversations. So when you're mm. pulling on your experience dealing with athletes, are there, is it comparable? Are there times where you can, I mean, problem solving and personal skills and, and you know, trying to fix, you know, trying to convince, literally look someone in the eye and say, hey, I need you to trust me. Is that something you can pull on? Uh, it's a time thing, Louis. If you play with a straight bat, then time will take care of itself. You've just got to be honest with people. And sometimes people get uncomfortable with honesty. Um, but, you know, you, you just have to start there. Um, it doesn't mean you can't move, but the reality is you've got to be straight up with people. Um, you, you've got to listen to people and understand what their views are and, and why they are doing what they're doing to try and understand um, you know, with some high level of clarity that, that you've got it right in your thinking 
Um, and then it's time. I mean, you earn trust over time. You can't buy it. You, you can't demand it. Uh, it's one of those things that your actions ultimately will give you that, I guess, that ability to move forward. So, look, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's racing personalities, athletes, human beings in general, it's about actions. It's not about words. Mm. And, and that's right. And that's what well, that's what you can see. I know your action-driven sort of character. Um, one things one thing at the moment that we're waiting for, and actually uh, at the end of March, I think there was a lot of uh, inputs and, and goalposts for the, the Trentham track debacle. Mm. Um, you were really actions driven off the back of that. You said you wanted to look exactly at what infrastructure we had around the country, how we could best use it, and how we can avoid ha- this happening again. How eye opening was that? Uh, was that experience getting to the bottom of what went on? And where do you feel like you've landed? Have you kicked a lot of those goals you set yourself? Uh, we haven't kicked them all, uh, and I'm a little bit disappointed with that we haven't kicked them on a time frame. A little thing could Omicron and COVID's interrupted the timing of it. We've definitely moved forward in terms of trying to understand the scope of the issue we have. Uh, the processes, uh, particularly on a race day, have been have been changed, and and I think that's important for the jockey safety and and everybody else. That you know, if there is a concern around an unsafe track, the way in which we identify that, because the last thing we want to do is put our jockeys who are vital to the to the industry in an unsafe position, put them out on a track that isn't safe. So there's been uh, there's been reform there. Uh, we're currently in the process of revisiting every track, getting a profile on it, understanding, I guess, the infrastructure requirements. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I said to uh, Tony Pike the other day when, you know, we had the sires two weeks ago at, at Manawatu, and, you know, it's no secret that that track is not up to where it needs to be for a what we're terming a metro track. Um, but as I said to him, unfortunately, mate, we can't get a working bee out on Saturday and fix it. It's one of those things that are going to take a bit of time. We're just going to have to navigate through as best we can. Uh, one thing I can say is working through draft budgets now for 22-23, uh, there'll be significant money poured into infrastructure to help um, the improvements around the country. So what, what does that look like, Paul? Like, what does it look like? Say I'm, say I'm a trainer and I'm used to going up to the local and, and taking my horses out and you know putting them in the truck and taking the race course. What does it look like for a local trainer on the horizon of race meetings like is it is it a centralized race day like we're going to have Ellerslie for instance at the top of the North Island you know and we're going to have like CD races where's that going to be New Plymouth or or Otaki and then we're going to have Trentham what what does it what does the future of racing look like ideally what's that horizon you mean from a venue's point of view yeah from a venue's point of view uh, it's a, that's a really good question, and probably the most contentious question that exists around New Zealand thoroughbred Glad racing. Kempi, Kempi's had yeah. big enough shoulders to ask it. Yeah. Oh, look, the simple version. I don't sit here today with that footprint. I think the industry needs some leadership in that space and needs to really get clarity on how we see it rolling out and why we see it rolling out that way. When you say the industry, who do you mean? Who needs clarity? Everybody, uh, the clubs, the the trainers, uh, all stakeholders, the owners, everybody. Um, the, as I said earlier, the fact of the matter is we're 290 to 300 meeting business. So we've got to look at what, where our horses are, what, what our infrastructure requirements are. I think the fine balance for me, though, is you know, we need to race our best races on our best tracks. Why? Because it encourages wagering. Why do we want wagering? Because that pays everything. And so that's at the core of it. But the other thing that's unique to New Zealand is its connection with community. So 
you know, your West Coast circuits over Christmas, um, your provincial meetings through those holiday periods, they're huge because that's where we connect with our community. So we can't just turn our back on that. And I'm certainly not advocating that for one second. It's getting the balance right and how that works. So, you know, the, the other thing is, is minimising the cost to owners and everybody else. So the proximity to your major race events, to your horse numbers is critical. Um, and look, you know, I'd like to think in the fullness of time, we'll come up with a very clear vision of where it, where it is, what it looks like, and why. I think that the, the most important aspect is the why. Why are we doing this? And hopefully that will make a lot of sense. Yes, there'll be some people who say that's not right because it, it impacts on my life. Unfortunately, change does that to people. It happens every now, I grew up in a small town where, <laughs> where we had... It was a beautiful town. Yeah, well, if you go back to when we grew up, and I'm just using Whitra as one example of a, of a town that was so full of um, employment mm-hmm. and business activity. Prosperity. I mean, yeah. we, had, we had a thriving freezing works. We had a gas-to-gasoline plant called Modanui. Uh, we had dairy Swan factories, dry. we had Swan Dry, we had a um, motor assembly plant for Skoda and Subaru, wow. all within our town. There was employment everywhere. Well, what happened is, as industry rationalises and things change, there's very little there now. So that's called change and evolution. You either roll with it, but you won't stop it. So as an industry, we have to start looking forward. We have to celebrate what was. And I keep saying to people, you know, you want a better tomorrow, we've well, got to be prepared to change today. Because you'll never get a better tomorrow if you're not prepared to change what you're doing today. Gee, that's profound. It is Easter Friday though, so and no, you're right. You're, you're right. You have you have to front foot that sort of thing. Bruce Sharrick, CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, is with us. Uh, Kempi Louis here, back where we were last night. We're self assured won the race. I kind of giggle to myself because it, it feels like it was like two minutes ago. Uh, a lot's ha- a lot's happened in between. Eight double eight double three. Uh, that's the text line. I want you to come through any questions you've got for Bruce regarding the thoroughbred code. We're going to talk all about self-assured throughout the morning. We'll try catch up with David Branch, CEO of Cambridge Raceway, a little bit later on to see how his big night played out. If you watched the race last night and self-assured climb, scaled the mountaintop in front of us here, what was your reaction? Did you think he could do it? And what were the celebrations like in your Friday? I tell you here, they were huge. We've got the trophy in front of us. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to be back with Bruce Sherrick and your questions. And a question from me on ownership after this. Uh, but no, what I'm, saying, what I'm saying is that he used to pick me up from the airport. And then we'd, we'd cruise home, you know. And we'd, we'd, like, we were, we'd go out and he'd, we'd end up... Leave it right to the last minute. I had to fly out, sort of, let's just say, for instance, I'd fly out uh, Monday morning and we'd go out and all night and Bruce say, you know, like, mate, you stay up with me, okay? We're, you know, we're going to drive back to Auckland. <laughs> it's four hours. And I'd go, yep, nah, I'm up with you. And we'd be sort of in a nightclub back then. We were young kids. And we'd get to, like, Waitara to Urunui was 8Ks and I would be asleep, mate. Eight k's out, and he always say, "You stay awake with me, hey, stay awake with me." And I was like, "Out." And I just remember, all, all I remember is Bull driving me from Waitara to the airport, all those years, over and over and over. And the reason I say, the reason I say that is like, if you trust this bloke, he will take you on a journey. Seriously, in the racing industry, it's about leadership. It's about trusting people. Um, I had no. No qualms talking to Postley when he said to me, mate, I want to get into this play game. And I said, mate, go and talk to this bloke, you know. Go and talk to this bloke. You, you guys will be a success. Um, and, I, and I'm and i sitting here listening to Bull, and all I can see is his old man, you know. <laughs> like, 
his old man, he'd be laughing. Honestly, he he used to say to me, and Bill, we'd go. He like, apart from saying, "When you're gonna put a ring on that girl's finger," he would say, "If only we had my head on your shoulders." Remember that? He'd say, "If only we had my head on your shoulders," and I never ever got it. I never ever got that until I was an old man. Meaning, shit, I get it now. Like as a fifty-year-old, I go, "Yep," and he'd be sitting here going, "Yep, that's my boy. That's my boy," and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one they'll be arguing in the corner but um, yeah I just want to say Bull like part of that leadership journey is like you've sort of got the game in your hands you know what I mean like you're moulding it and you're, you're sort of it's like a you know it's all new and, and people are going who's this Bruce Sherrick how do you take those people and, and say like just trust me just trust me and if you trust me like I did, and I'm, I'm advocating that, you know, just trust me and I'll take you on that journey in five to ten years, we're going to be in a better place. How do you do that? Oh, look, I said it before, it, it's just actions. You know, I've got to be very clear on what we're doing, and, and I'm not there yet. I mean, there's a lot of pieces of this puzzle that we've got to pull together, but I think uh, we don't have to overcomplicate it. The, the recipe going forward is about making sure our infrastructure's uh, good enough to put on quality events, making sure that the engines that drive our revenue uh, are being maximised. And for me, clearly that's a wagering side of our business. Under the new Act, we don't have uh, complete control over that. We can advocate for a, a more efficient wagering part of the business and, and we'll continue to do that mm. uh, through RaceNZ and or directly to the TAB. Um, Mike Todd's come on board and uh, in initial discussions with Mike, he certainly gets the picture about where the TAB needs to go, and that's encouraging. Um, and, and the other one is realising our assets and just driving revenue. Because, you know, if you go back to the... Re as I say, let's not overcomplicate it. The fact of the matter is, if you've got a well-capitalised business and you've got money coming in, you've got options. When you're, when you're limited with your financial resource, it makes things very difficult. So we've got to keep tweaking the engines that drive the revenue. Who is New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing's ideal owner? Its ideal owner? Yeah. Who, who do you see as your ideal horse owner? Oh, you mean owner of a, of a horse? Yeah. Oh, look, I Because I, I know, like, like loveracing.nz, you guys do a great job pushing ownership. Um, you can go to loveracing.nz forward slash ownership and you can... Um, get involved and look at all the opportunities. I know it's something you're very, very passionate about. It's, well, f before your time as yeah. CEO, it was a big push. Ownership, ownership, ownership. So who is that ideal person and where is your personal stance on who the right owner is? Look, I think that's a really wide market. The, the reality is, I mean, if you look at the advent of things like, I'll give you an example, Sheezies. So there's an there's a, uh, introduction of something that the younger generation have got into. Mm -hmm. Um They've got some disposable cash, so they've had a, a little bit of a flutter on, on the share market. Cryptocurrencies entered the world, and everybody's had a little dabble in cryptocurrencies. Cinerama coin. NFTs. I mean, so <laughs> what, what we have to do for that particular part of the generation is say, hey, now, wh why not invest with a group of friends like you saw last night and yeah. come along and enjoy yourself? Equally, as you go you know, through the age spectrum, the fact of the matter is there is, uh, I guess syndication has seen huge growth, particularly in Australia, and we need to, and we're starting to see some movement here. We probably need to drive more of that as an industry, um, but clearly, you know, the participants are driving that because it's the way forward. Um, and you know, when you think of it, think of it from any any sense, corporates 
as a as a team type thing, having a having a horse, having investment as a as a company. Um, families. I mean, I was sitting around with our family two years ago. Um, my mother's side of the family. And we talked about we don't really catch up. Um, and Alan suggested, well, why don't we get a horse? The fact of the matter is, you know, what a great way. The horse races sort of eight times a year gives us eight times to get together at an event. So it's it's just thinking outside the square and trying to bring people into the industry that can enjoy what is a, yeah, it's a thrilling time if you're lucky enough, but equally that doesn't need to be your expectation. So I, th- I think to answer your question, Louis, it's it's a very wide spectrum. There isn't no one profile owner, and I think that's one of the beauties of what we've got. That's good to hear. So tell us, Paul, you know, like, you know, when you said let's get into a horse, yeah, let's get Mac and drag him into that too. Um, tell us a little bit about your, you know, what family means to you. Like, let's talk a little bit about Bruce Sherrick. You know, he's, you know, got a beautiful brother and Alan Sherrick, our father, the sort of <laughs> our father. <laughs> he's listening. Stay to with you. us, Kimby. Stay I, with us. I know. Stay I know. with us. He's listening, Stay mate. With us. He's 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 laughing as he's listening. But tell us a little bit about Bruce Sherrick. What's family mean to you? You know, like you, like you've been a big part of my family. Like my son sat down with you last week to have a talk to you about his future. Um, you've been that sort of mentor to a lot of young people. Like, I can't sing your praises high enough. You know, like. I say to Louis, you know, you, you just really don't know Bruce Sherrick. You, you, you can trust them till the cows come home. But what's what's family mean to you in the context of what you've taken on? Um, well, that's an interesting question. I mean, I take everybody on face value. Uh, and at the end of the day, until they prove you otherwise, everybody is, is what you see. Um, one thing that, you know, this industry, I think, needs to improve on is there is a lot of self-sabotage that goes on you know uh we've got to be better than that guys we've we've got to we've got to pull together and we're all in this uh, look i get competitiveness very good point you know being competitive is what drives everything Mm -hmm. so i get that but not when you start playing the man and not the ball the difference between the nastiness that it's that's my the one thing coming from an outside perspective from more of a sports media uh, lens coming Mm -hmm. into racing bruce it's the one thing that is my biggest bugbear is why the industry turns on itself mm. the tall poppy nature of New Zealand is amplified in droves and racing and it yep. drives me crazy yeah and look my experience through the other codes you know and I'll use rugby league as one you can have some very robust discussion about player movement player negotiation and it can get it can get yeah it can get quite tough sure but once it's done it's done yeah and you move on um, racing seems to hold on to a few things and we need to we need to be better than that and uh, I certainly want to encourage that. I mean, but uh, to answer the question ar- around family, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Dad always had a great saying, you don't want to be advertising for Paul Bearer's boy. So, you know, you've got to hold on to the people close to you and treat people well because, you know, the material things in life don't define you. It, it's, it's the relationships you build. It's the people you meet. Uh, so it's not about that. And as I say... Just be straight up with people. And sometimes that's difficult. Some people find it very difficult. But just be honest. Bang on. Awesome. I love that messaging. And, and I, as I said, I cannot endorse more. I just wish that we could get on a little bit more. Get out of our own way as an industry. And, and that's from trainers to jockeys to owners to syndicators to administrators to media types. I just think we all need to work together a little bit more. And mm. oh, it's so good, so refreshing to hear the big cheese 
um, sharing that message. Hey, we're at Cambridge Raceway, and they're working this morning because the industry never sleeps. Last night, it was self-assured getting the job done in the race by Grins, and they're out here working horses again this morning. It's so good to be here. Baz Nizzi for breakfast. We'll relive the moment self-assured won the race last night throughout the show. Here till 11 with Kempe. Right now, we've got Bruce Sharrock. When I head off, come back, and I'm going to ask him for some punting war stories after this. Here in Cambridge at Cambridge Raceway. We were here last night to see Self Assured conquer the race by Grins, and we're back this morning until 11. Izzy Dag is going to join us. Yeah, Dizzy Dag on Izzy for Breakfast. Can't wait for Izzy after. What's that? Is he awake? Yeah. Is he? Wake up, mate. He was mate. awake before you. No. I don't believe it. He's going to join us to talk all things Super Rugby and explain why the Crusaders will give the Blues a hiding tonight in uh, Christchurch. Blues so, by 20. <laughs> I could not disagree more. <laughs> um, right now, we've got about five more minutes with the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Hutchie passes on his regards. Bruce? Oh, good. I'm looking forward to meeting him in uh, early May. I think he's coming over. He is. Uh, mm. I'll be great to have the big dog back on campus over here at SCNZ. Now, I know he and we, SCNZ... Hutchie, we, Hutchie, whatever Bruce says about me, not true. We value our relationship with New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing um, greatly. I think it's a, been an awesome partnership. I hope you've appreciated some of the work we've done since we've been on air. Um, just having opportunities to be with you today, and I think when Trackside Radio shut down, you lost that connection yes. with, the, with the, uh, the people on the ground, so it's great to be back and doing things like this. Yeah, look, absolutely, you know, and I mean, we all understand, well, we may not understand, but it, you know, Trackside Radio was brought to an end for, for the reasons that, that we're floating around, and I think what SCNZ is doing is great. Uh, the industry certainly enjoys the engagement um, and, and looking forward to the growth and the partnerships going forward, so yeah, fantastic job. I'll tell guys. you what though, Bull, I'll tell you what, they hired me for my punting. Oh, you're an amazing punter. You're I know. outstanding. You're just, a, you're just the man, <laughs> Kempe, eh? Yesterday, Al Sherrick, Al Sherrick, when I phoned him on the way down, he said, I can't believe it, now you're tipping harness races? Yeah. And I tipped out the first and I. Did I tip out the first or not? Because yes, you, yes, I you tried did. to phone you yes, and you say, did. did you get on that? And yes, I did. <laughs> you're, you are the man, Kempe, eh? You've been tipping everything. We did have a fill-up on Cinerama uh Two starts back at Trentham. It was a great Wasn't day. Wasn't that a great race? Um, and she's just been done down there on mm. a funny old track. Where was that? That was a lovely uh, ride, uh, though. That was a lovely ride. Yeah. yeah. No, no, just no. About uh, take... Manawatu. Manawatu was our mm. isn't it? Um, I asked you before we head off, I said, we'll get some punting stories because you, you, need, you, need the, you need the CEO to have got the big fat wallet out once or twice and, and have, have, have a bet. So what was your last bet? What was your first bet? And what's your next bet? Um, my last bet was clearly last night, um, and I backed the third horse in the big race. Yeah. I didn't back the favourite. And, you know, shame on you for that. Yeah, well, hey. I, I, did, I, I, did tell I, you I actually I took a decent Cornella with the winner, so I just missed. The man. Oh, <laughs> Tell him about no, that bet, missed. mate. Tell him about that bet we, that, that S- day S- Alan told us we'd, we'd win Dan. some money. Steely Dan. Was this, were you involved in the It was the me first... and Bruce, mate. It was me and Bruce. It was a thousand dollar oh, yeah. bet. Yeah, the the big guy next to me is rolling around on the floor. <laughs> we're working at the freezing work. Sounds I think like last we're about we're 16, 17. And, a thousand uh, bucks. And yeah. He's my doing first good, ever bet. He's doing good money at the freezing works. <laughs> Holiday jobs. And uh, Alan said, there's a winner. We said, yeah, we're in. So uh, in those days, it was a phone call to someone, and we, we got the money on. We listened and didn't win. And he said, he said, just joking, eh? I said, no, mate, we're in. <laughs> just I, did, I did, mate. We're just joking, eh? I said, no, no, we're, we're just, in. Just, just, like, just hoping. 
I was grasping, mate. I, was, I, was, I could see it flying away. I was like, "Hey, yeah, we're just joking." He, the other thing with Al, you know, like he goes like this on the on the on the breakfast bench. Well, he's just forward. laughing, mate. And he, he he was in the fetal position on the floor, going, "No, no." I said, "Yeah, mate, we're in. We're gonna have to find the money." What's your next bit? Um, I'm, I'm gonna have a devil. I got I got told one last night um, at Riverton of all places. <laughs> so I'm going south. Sure, okay. Uh, last race, get out stakes. Um, horse called Prince Alby. Prince Alby. Yeah, love it. It's got a ring to it. Yeah. Okay, and the last Riverton get out stakes. Um, this weekend we've got uh, the Thoroughbred Breeders at Tarapa. That's tomorrow, just down the road. Coventina yep. Bay. Oh, oh, for the Naki. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I think Coventina Bay is a great bet. I think Imperatrice is too short, even though she's got the weight difference in Opie. Um, I think Coventina Bay is probably going different gravy this season. Um, it's been awesome to catch up. It's been great fun, actually. It's definitely woken us up and uh, some confronting issues we've got to work through as an industry. But uh, look, as uh, Kempi says, I think you're probably the right man for the job. Clarity and 100%. pragmatism. So it's just about building that relationship with the industry yeah. from here and starting to you know make some small movement, right? Yeah, and look, and, and in, in closing, I guess I'd say to, to the industry that's listening, look, the front door's open. Give us a yell. I mean, if there's something that you genuinely want to have a discussion about, as I've said to many, if you, if you want to poke a shot and um, highlight the problems, we've got plenty of those. If you want to give me a call about some problems and a, and a, a reasonable solution, then let's have a discussion. So I'm certainly not sitting here saying we've got all the answers. What I am saying is we've got some issues we need to fix. Um, and we've got some really exciting stuff sitting in front of us that I think we uh, we can get on top of and make this place a whole lot better in the, in the next short while. Bang on. CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, Bruce Sharrick, who's been good enough to join us at Cambridge Raceway this morning. Back where we won the race last night, Harness Racing. Louis Herman Watt, Kempe, on site, absolutely loving it. It's the sun dawns, and hey, if you're in the Cambridge re- region and you, you want to offer us a beer while well, we take this trophy back to Auckland, Get in on, touch. Jay. It's going to be a big afternoon. We're going to be back with Izzy Dag talking some Super Rugby after this. Here comes. I'm actually going to go find myself a cafe coffee. Are they open today? We'll go find out. Coast Arden, Spank and passing lane. Majestic Cruiser for the Aussies down the outside. It's self-assured. Majestic Cruiser down the outside. Spank on the passing lane. It's self-assured though. Self-assured. And it's assertive fastening against the race by Grimms. This equine powerhouse to beat Majestic Cruiser and throw it over Spankham. They were followed by South Coast Arden crew further back in the field, Stylish Memphis. They were followed Ultra Orlando, Hot and Treacherous, and the last will be Mark Dan. Equine powerhouse. What a cool Aaron White. What a moment. He just, and I'll, we'll talk to Mark Purden about this, but the, the drive, the timing, the masterfulness that he got self-assured to the right spot at the right time, had every metre of the 2200 covered. What a moment for self-assured. Daggy, Izzy Dag is down there in Christchurch. He's in the pool house. He's come to join us this morning. It was on all Easter a dream. Friday. <laughs> and he would have soaked it in last night. <laughs> Izzy, how was that moment from your perspective, brother? Oh, mate, it was fantastic. I was watching it at home, and I had the in-laws here, and they're like, what's going on here? What's going on here? So I explained the whole situation. I said, look, the best thing about this race and what the team at SENZ has done, and Hutchie is a big influence of that, is he's given away nine slots for the for some shares in the horse, self-assured, if it wins. I just said, look, if this wins, the the like, like it's obviously a substantial amount of money, but like 
hearing stories, I think Staffy texted the group and said one of the shareholders had a car crash, so this would go a long way to helping them. And then seeing a lot of the shareholders there and what it means to those uh, those people, that, that's what it was all about for me. Um, and just watching the race, I was pumped, self-assured, Mate. like had to work extremely hard to get to the to get to the front. I thought, oh, this might be a step too far, but it stays true and, and got the job done. And I got paid, lads. I had a great night on the punt, oh, eh? Nice. You wouldn't believe it. Nice. And he was texting you, is he? You know, the couple of those slot um, owners, they were texting you. They, they yeah. said, mate, where's Izzy? And I said, oh, mate, he doesn't get out. Like they were, we, we couldn't fly a private jet in here. Today, so he said, "Mate, I'm not, I'm not coming. You can't, you can't land my plane." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll go down there. I'll drive down on my Humber, Humber Hundred. Oh, my Audi. And um, and and those and they're saying, "Mate, can we talk talk to Izzy?" I said, oh, "I gave my phone, Izzy. You all those text messages messages you were getting last night. They were from the slot owners. They were like buzzing, mate. You know what I mean? And then when yeah, they when like, them when I, it won, I was like, "Oh my god." I've got to go up there. Yeah. I've got to drink more grins with oh, them. Oh, such a hard life. <laughs> it was so hard. <laughs> oh, mate, I was watching it. What, what was the atmosphere like, boys? Obviously, I was watching a wee bit. You probably couldn't soak it in through the TV, but, mate, oh. it looked electric. Like, was, well, it, was it a good good night? Yeah, it was, Izzy. It was all a blur, to be honest. It Sounds was it. Dr- uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still is. No. It was all a well, blur. Well, there's a couple. There's, yeah, there's, two, there's two things here. First of all, the moment, and second, then the, we'll get to the moment in a bit. We are, we do have this trophy that we managed to, to take for SCNZ. We're going to bring it back to the studio. We're going to do a, uh, a tour on the way home today. So if anyone's in the Cambridge area or between Cambridge and Auckland and wants to invite us in for a, a lemonade on Easter Friday, you're more than welcome just to get in touch with Kempi or text double eight double three. Give us a call. We will swing by your hey, address. Joe's driving, so <laughs> hey, is, 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 I'm standing down there like with the owners and the trainers and all that. Yeah, you know, like I had no idea. Yeah, that's that's what I had to do, and I'm standing there, and they said, "Oh, is there a slot owner here?" Like that, and they're looking around, and I'm like, "Oh, that must be me." <laughs> I just I just walk up and grab the trophy. I'm like, "Man, I I've got this it. trophy. I'm taking it." Was it was all on TV, aren't you? Oh, it was all on TV. Mate. I watched it all unfold, and I loved it. I loved everything about it. Mate, it looked awesome. Well done, team, and well done to SCNZ for. For giving our uh, listeners, nine lucky listeners, the opportunity. I think they won 2K each. How yeah. good is that? That and is it, the best thing about that. Mate, last they won more than that, Izzy. They were, we gave them the, um, <laughs> we gave them the, the first winner yeah, in the first race. Mick tipped that out. Mick tipped See that out. And yeah. when See we got in there, we told all everyone in the in the suite that that would win, and it won well. Plunged it into a dollar eighty five. And then they said, "What do you think about self assured?" And I was saying, "Look, it hasn't moved in the market, and and if it hasn't moved in the market, the money's really solid." And when we walked up after self assured won, honestly, the guy would have jumped up and. Carried me on his shoulders. It was uh, like they had that much. <laughs> did you see that photo I sent you with the guy with all the money? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like, man, you've had a good night. Okay, okay Kempi. What, what we're going to do with Daggy is we're going to talk some Super Rugby uh, as he's back down in his studio. We're here from the track. We've just had Bruce Sharrick oh, for an hour. We, um, we will we will talk. We do, mate. We do because it's a big weekend of Super <laughs> yeah, Rugby. We've had yeah. Bruce Sharrick, New Zealand Thoroughbred yeah. Racing CEO, for an hour. If you missed that chat, you're just tuning in. Happy Easter to you. You can go and catch up with Bruce on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast Podcast. We are from Cambridge. The moment self-assured one, Izzy, and I ran down the straight on, with the Anywhere link to talk to Beaver, to talk to Gene, Mark Purden. I'll tell you what struck me. 
is the amount of punters staring at what SENZ was, the crew that we had there, Beaver, myself, um, just the mm. people down there, Joe, looking at SENZ, the branding, like, oh, that's the radio station. Like, the connection from mm. what we did last night and the involvement with what we're putting to ear was really cool to see. And, and so that must feel pretty cool for you, being a big part of it. Yeah, it was, mate. It was. I was like, they were getting a lot of coverage on the on the airways and just, uh, like, the, uh, I think it was Matty Cross and the crew were just talking about the... What's unfolding? It's only the start. That's the thing. This is the first the race in Cambridge Raceway, and the people would have been witnessing that, sitting at home just before they're about to head away on Eastern, going, oh, Cambridge, that looks like a nice night to be at. And uh, so, look, I think it's going to go great guns, and it's just great uh, for, for SCNZ, and, and it just shows that we are here. We are not just here to make up the numbers. We're here to make a difference, and hopefully we are doing that. We've still got a lot of work to do. On that front, but mate, Hutchie is right behind it with uh, obviously with the backing of, of racing in, in New Zealand and just showing. And, and the best thing, like I said, boys, keep touching on it, giving back. That's what this is about, giving back to our people because without our listeners, we would be nothing. So um, that, that's the main the main message we gotta we got to deliver. Well said, brother. Hey, let's talk some sport this weekend, boys. Um, a massive weekend of sport. Uh, we went around the grounds yesterday. We've got a lot of different super rugby. We have got... Um, the Warriors-Roosters, a great round of uh, NRL. Tonight, and I think this is the game of the weekend, Izzy, you'll be there working, which is why you weren't here. Um, the Blues head south to play Crusaders, and I reckon this would be mm. as hot and intense as any regular season Super Rugby game we've had in a few years. What do you think? This is this is the match of the year, for sure. Um, you know, like, you, you talk, speaking of traditions, like Blues-Crusaders, traditionally that was the biggest rivalry in Super Rugby. And they kind of drifted um, through a period there in the middle. I think the Chiefs and the Crusaders was probably the, uh, the bigger rival. But now it's made a bit of resurgence with Leon McDonald and Tom Coventry, what they've been able to do with the Blues. Uh, you know, they've obviously had a, had a winning taste, um, what it, what it you know feels like to win. And that is a, a formula that not many sides are able to have. And, and they've got that at the moment, so they've got the belief. Uh, they, they know they've got the game and the players to come down here and disrupt the Crusaders. They haven't done it for, since 2004, so history is against them. Um, but, mate, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an absolute crack. I just keep looking at the matchups, the matchups for tonight, and, and that's what it's all about. You've got um, your higher honours kind of um, matchups throughout, throughout the teams. You've got Richie Moanga, obviously, V. Barrett, and that is the battle of the 10 jersey. Who is going to get up on top of that? And uh, both, both teams have been playing extremely well. I think um, Barrett has been um, going from, from strength to strength in the last couple of weeks. He had his most outstanding performance in the blue jersey, I feel, last weekend uh, against the Chiefs. Real big influence. So it's good to see he's back to full strength, full health with um, with his head knocks. Um, yeah, RTS off the bench. You spoke about it, uh, Uncle. RTS coming off the bench and, and maybe pushing for higher honours in that already stacked midfield we spoke about yesterday. But, mate, look, throughout, it's just going to be an absolute cracker. Whether the... The, the Blues can dumb that, come down here, disrupt, see what the Chiefs were able to do in that last 15 minutes, just really starve the Crusaders of the ball, not feed them, not give them any opportunities. That'll go a long way. Um, I'm predicting, obviously, because I'm a one-eye can't head, that the Crusaders will get up, but it's going to be right, jump on close. the Blues, folks. Jump on the Blues. <laughs> he's, just, he's just put the hoodoo on them. Paint the picture. If no, no, no. After <laughs> last night's punting, mate, I'm on. I've, I've, oh. I've turned a corner here. Oh, man down here. Oh, mate. And he kept, he kept texting us too. He's like, give me a winner. Give me a winner. Give me a Mate, we gave you two winners. Hey, I just want to say a big shout out to the Hydroflow boys last night. They uh, they got a couple of tables and they were sitting Henry up there. Legend. And they were 
absolutely buzzing right from the get-go when I walked in. Um, I had a number of conversations with all those boys last night. You know, the plumbers from Hydroflow. <laughs> you know what they said to me, Izzy? They said, are you a plumber? Uh-huh. <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. First thing they said to me, are you a plumber? Oh, God, I must be plugging them all the time. I had somebody ask me if you were security. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am. That's my, that's, my, that's, my, that's my go-to line. Like when people walk up and they, they, they say hello to me, I go, sorry, I'm security. Okay, all right, give me. Oh, you're so excited about last night. Let's just stay focused for a little bit. If Izzy's painted the picture about why he thinks the Crusaders can get the job done tonight, what would the case be for the Blues to go down there and upset the Apple Cup? Well, I was talking to a couple of guys last night, and I said, you know, the the conversation has been missing about the Blues. Like, they're unbeaten. You know what I mean? Like, to go mm-hmm. down there, they would love to be the underdog and for, for like, people like Izzy saying that they're going down there, they're coming to our home, and they're going to be beat. I actually think that they're going to go down there and win because the stats stack up. It's like, it's like you know, when you're, when you're looking at form – like we did with Self-Assured last night, when you're looking at form, you've got to say there are chances, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think I think on Saturday night, the Carlos Spencer scenario is going to happen again down there in Canterbury. And I know all those <laughs> South Islanders will be going, Kempi's got no idea, but I'm telling you what, my money's on the blues, 100%. Yeah, I, look, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from, Kempi, with that. But you look at the, the Ford packs for both sides. They are pretty evenly matched. You've got a all-black front row for the Blues. They've got Hodgman, that one. They've got Hooker, Kurt Eklund, who's been playing outstanding as well. Tonga Fussy, the return of Luke Romano. I can't believe I'm going to be oh. spewing when I see him in blue. He'll be stuck in traffic. Down he won't here make it. Dis- <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, he lives up the road from me, too. Worst He'll thing too about busy that trying to situation park is... He's trying to parallel on Ponsonby Road. Oh, Worst thing about Luke Romano's situation is his son came to my Arlo's, Arlo's birthday last week and he wore a blues hat. I said, man, I'm about to chuck you in the pool and then I laughed it off. <laughs> See, they're, work, they're already <laughs> working on it, mate. That, that's their theme. Their, their, their theme last week was let's, get in, the cage. let's go down there and rattle the cage. Let's put all of our kids in blues uniforms, blues hats. Let's get stuck into them early. <laughs> now, in, all, in all seriousness, boys, I think if they're going to have any sort of chances, this is old saying every week they talk about it, it starts up front. Like these boys have got to come down here with a real attitude, a real I don't care where we are, we're going to bully you, we're going to put in some hits, we're going to be really physically dominant with everything we do, and that is the only way they can win it. Every, every year they've had the backs. They've had the backs to match any side in the Super Rugby competition, but the only letdown is up front and the forward pack not being physically dominant. So set piece, line out scrum, they've got to be right on and they've got to make a real case for it early. They've got to sting the Crusaders early if they're going to have any chance to just just sow a little bit of doubt uh, in their face. But, mate, like I said, it's it's hard. Only, only a couple of sides have done in the last 10 years. Um, you know, uh, Chief show, showed that it is possible, but it's going to be a hell of an effort. Is it, I thought Daryl Gibson made some really, really good points when he spoke to uh, Marshy and the crew and on I think Monday night about and like I watched the Crusaders game with as probably even more of a one eye as you like I grew up in North Canterbury with my popper Murray Herman just like so like there's so much vitriol to every other rugby province in the country like seriously as one eyed mm. as you could expect so I'm pretty like I, I'm pretty harsh on the Crusaders because of that and like I, I watched them like yeah. I love them so much that I really want them to perform well and I can honestly say that I actually think they've probably been disappointing this year 
which sounds weird because they're top of the table, but I don't feel like they've actually clicked and actually put it all together at one stage. And there's just, and I don't know, and mm. I think Daryl's point was around defense, that defensive staunchness might not have been there. Is Am I off the mark saying that? Do you agree? And then do you think Razor's picked up on it as well? I, th- I, I totally agree, mate. I was, I'm doing some work for Sky TV last night and I wrote uh, my notes to the group. I said, look, I, I want to have an open discussion here. I want to talk about... Is is it a case of the Crusaders playing poor, or is it a case that other sides have figured out how the Crusaders play and and just really understand what they're about, or is it an execution decision with the Crusaders? And, and look for me, I, I I don't I don't know. I didn't know that. You know, I I I can see other sides really growing an arm leg every time they face the Crusaders. You look at the Hurricanes and the Highlanders, three points in it both matches, but. Then I look on the other side and how the Crusaders have been playing. And you, you touched on it, like, the, the, the Crusaders of late, the, while they've had so much success with Razor, is their defence. Defence wins championships. And when you're leaking points and easy points and you're giving away easy penalties, it just re- really dampens us. That, so I think defensively, they probably haven't been on. They haven't been as ruthless as they have been. I, I don't think they've been able to bring the line speed. You think of the good Crusader sides of the past, Line speed has been where they've been so good. And I think a big catalyst for that, and, and David Harvilly is doing it really well, but a big catalyst for that for the past couple of years was Tim Bateman. You look at Tim Bateman, you've got Ryan Crotty, guys that really led that defence in the midfield, yeah. and those are your real yeah. leaders that kind of set the benchmark. Um, I feel that they've kind of, yeah, and, and then you've got Matt Todd that gets up, makes a tackle, gets back on his feet, gets up, makes another tackle. So you, you've got guys that are constantly doing it for full 80 minutes, not just doing it every now and then. So I think for for the Crusaders, they've got to have a real collective defensive effort. Everyone's got to be on the same page, and they've got to be um, just working extremely hard for each other. And and one thing as well, Louis, I've, I've noticed with them is they do kick a lot. They do kick a lot around the halfway area. Um, after they've got a couple no of phases, issue giving the ball you know, back, right? Yeah. Because they're big, Yeah, mate. I don't because mind that big and they don't if mind you can back your D. People. Yeah, but I just think they're, they're probably kicking a little bit too much after third or second you know, phase when they're not really getting uh, any ascendancy and, and where, where they're trying to attack. They're just kind of going back in the pocket and putting up a contestable. So tonight I'd just like to see them hold the ball a bit more, use the ball and start building some phases and, pr- and pressure and, and just, yeah, look after the ball a bit more and, and that'll go a long way. So, yeah, you're right, hey. mate. I, I think you're on the money. But they're due a, a solid performance tonight. Hey, is did you send that? question to the all-black coaches they've worked us out <laughs> you know we need to try something different hey well you know what they say when canterbury rugby strong new zealand rugby strong you know what i mean like do you think that fozzy and them are sitting there going man is he we better get izzy in the, the coaching team mate nah no way mate they don't because want me. You know, I, I don't I've i don't know how many people i spoke to last night you know you know <laughs> i'm down in the middle of the north island you know Hobbit, hobbitville you know what I mean? Like, the, and it's rugby oh, diehard. Jeez, Matter Matter is seething at that. And they—they they just <laughs> the amount of people that said, "Where's Izzy?" You know what I mean? I was like, "Who yeah. the? Who's Izzy?" <laughs> is, that your, is, that your, is that your point? You stopped Nisha going away to the break for? I said, "Who's Izzy?" He hasn't got gr- he hasn't got two cans of grins in his hands and join oh, right. himself. Okay, Who's okay. Izzy? This is Izzy. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Before you guys jump down the camera at each other and, uh, <laughs> and have I love off. Uncle Kim. He's a champ. He is a champ. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the rest of the games of Super Rugby. That's the Blues Crusaders. Kimpy's on the Blues. Izzy's on the Crusaders. Oh, do you want me to hold on? You're not going anywhere, mate. Do you want me to stay on line? 
You, you. <laughs> <laughs> what was 20 minutes <laughs> done, mate? Easter Friday, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Stay right, with nah. us for another, another 10. Another 10. Um, we're here at Cambridge Raceway in the aftermath of the race by Grins. What an incredible occasion it was last night. We've done it with self-assured. Jean Feast, the owner. Massive congratulations to her. Mark Purden's going to join us after 10 o'clock to relive it and talk us through that masterful drive. What a morning it is dawning here in Cambridge on Easter Friday. I hope you're doing well wherever you are around the country. Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. We do have a giveaway for the Chemist Warehouse as well to get to at some stage throughout the morning. So stay tuned for that. Keep your messages coming in on double eight double three. Blues Crusaders. Izzy has gone Crusaders. Kempi's gone Blues. Who splits the vote? Who do you reckon wins tonight? Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back to talk more Super Rugby after this. How are you doing? Yep, locals are friendly down here at Cambridge. <laughs> they're working the horses. That was Mr. Ed. He just we're, went. We're, we're working the horses <laughs> around Cambridge Raceway. They don't stop these the racing industry. A, a $900,000 race on that same turf only about well, 12 hours ago, and uh, they're back doing it all again today, just like we are. And yes, we'll be here for the mail run, not here in this seat. Back in the Auckland studios tomorrow, Mick and me to relive it all. Izzy down in Christchurch, he soaked it all in from afar with the in-laws. Did the in-laws get it, mate? Were they? Did they understand why you were so excited? Uh, kind of. I kind of. <laughs> I, I obviously sold the dream. I sold the dream. I, obviously, we were watching racing all night, and it was very loud in the household. And I was like, what's going on? What are we watching this for? And I said, I was meant to be there, you know? And I didn't go because you were here. You hear me? You hear me? I didn't go because you were right there. That's why I sold the dream and just... <laughs> Um, look, I think they, they really got a case of, of what it's all about and the seriousness of it. And I think everyone that would have watched it on, on TV would have would have got a sense of that. It was um, pretty special. And um, obviously seeing Beaver there and, and the influence with his, uh, you know, with the grins. And then he's obviously working for SCNZ, so he's got a double whammy. Look, it was it was so cool to watch. I, I absolutely loved that, and I promise you. <laughs> uh, I didn't, look, I'll be honest. I didn't think it would probably be like that. I didn't think it'll probably be the kind of energetic, fun, exciting, you know, like I was sitting back and you just don't know because you've never been, it's never been one. So after witnessing that, I'll tell you right now. It's going to be hard to beat, there. mate. It's I'm like, telling you. It's like, it's like Bitcoin is, you see, you, you sat back and you could should have got involved five years ago. And I missed the boat. I missed the boat. <laughs> and you could, have, you could be retired by now. That pool house could be... Wow, anyway, it could be 20, 20 times the size. Hey, we're talking Super Rugby, mate, um, and your pool house is a fine size, by the way. I didn't mean to insult the pool house. Um, it's not just Blues Crusaders tonight. In fact, that you've got a pool house before he says it all. Sorry. Anyway. Talking pool houses. <laughs> Tomorrow. Talking all blacks, are we? Move on. Pool houses. <laughs> Turn left. Sorry. Okay. Tomorrow, Chiefs won a Pacifica before Highlanders, Hurricanes uh, in the other two New Zealand-based Super Rugby games. The Chiefs are going to come out with a vengeance. Moana Pacifica, what's this, their sixth game in three weeks or something stupid? Oh, I feel bad for those blokes. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not look, It's not going to be nice, mate. Look, they're going to, they won't be making any excuses. They're a major and Philo Tia Christian Lelofano, the leaders of that group. They won't be making any excuses. It is, it is what it is. But, mate, when you play seven games in 21 days, that is just... An absolute joke, really. They've been through forty-five players. They've used uh, player. They've used players that are just sitting down in Christchurch on a building site. So, like, they've, they've had to struggle. It's been a tough old slog for them tonight. Oh, tomorrow night. It just doesn't get any easier. I, I don't see anything nice coming out of this for for the Moana Pacifica team. Um, it'll be a pretty bit of a bloodbath, I must say. Uh, look, yeah, Chiefs just good opportunity to get get where get back to where they were. 
with their game, their style of play, give players opportunity, um, start figuring out some combinations with Anton gone down. So, yeah, I'm expecting a, a pretty um, big night for the Chiefs. Kimpy, the, it, it, there's no real, like, Izzy's hitting nail on the head. There'll be no excuses from my Pacific's point of view, but there's also no. no real way to expect them to show up and be able to actually, well, oh, sounds stupid, because they all expect to win, but... It's pretty going to be pretty tough work. Oh, look, I, rem- I remember when we first hit the competition, I was an inaugural member of Newcastle back in 88, and we hit the competition, same thing. You know, a bunch of, bunch of local kids, you know, we had a few New Zealanders, a lot of second graders from out of Sydney, you know, the Anthony Butterfields, the Michael Hagans, all those guys that were playing fo- football down in Sydney. And we started like a house on fire. You know what I mean? We beat Balmain in round three. Um... And then the rest of the season was just such a struggle, mate, because we weren't used to it. So, like you said, Izzy, you know, the turnaround is too quick for them. The the football mm. is too hard for them. The uh, the mental uh, aptitude of preparing week in, week out is something that they're not quite used to. Um, and mm. I think the Chiefs, like I said about the Hurricanes last week, they'll put a number on them this week. I think, you know, 40-plus at least. Um, this is where the season gets really hard for Moana Pacifica. I think I think they're going to mm. really find out what it means to play super football, you know. And and you're talking on the other side of the coin. You've got the Blues playing the Crusaders, and that's going to be a fantastic mm. game. You know, those boys have been waiting mm. for this game all year. Whereas on the other side of the coin, the boys are waiting for the end, the end of the year. They're waiting for the season to end. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll learn from this. Uh, season, I think, with the the football and the and what it means to step up to the plate every week to try and hit a home run, um, and they'll and they'll mm. learn, and they'll they'll get better. But this year's you know the toughest year is always your first year. Awesome, and you yeah, bang on, Kempe, and, and that gives that'll give them great hope as well. And I'm sure they'll be reiterating that point within their group. Uh, Hurricanes Highlanders is it could be a cracker because they're two teams on the up mm. that have found a bit of rhythm finally, and it yep. could be fireworks. I think it's going to be fireworks for sure, mate. I, I know, honestly, I think the the Hurricanes will be too good. They'll be too good for the Highlanders down there. I think the Hurricanes, with what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, they're trajecting in the right direction. Um, defensively, that that has been the question mark for for the Hurricanes, but I think they've turned a the corner there. They're, they're starting to believe in what Corey Jane's about and starting to take ownership and accountability of their own individual roles in that. So. I'm expecting them to go down there to four-side bar and just really put on a performance and a, and a, a performance that they'll be proud of. But like speaking to Jason Holland the other day, you could just get a sense of kind of they're just they're just sick of it. They're just sick of it. They're just sick of what's going on in this year's yeah. competition. They know what they need to do. They know that, that they believe that they can compete in this competition and they've showcased that last couple of weeks. So I feel like this is going to be the performance that will define their season and that will really put a statement in the ground. So expecting them to go down there and put in, uh, uh, put, put the Highlands to the sword. Bang on, is he? Hey, how's this for a couple of great messages? For me, the, and this is a double eight, double three. You got any thoughts on Super Rugby? Come through with them. We'd love to hear from you. Or give us a call. 0800 150 811. The Kenna Tire phone line's there for you. Kempi and me are going to want you to talk back when we leave 
Izzy to go back to the far no. For me, guys, this is harder to pick than a broken nose. Forwards even, but as long as Rico is at 13, opportunities will be lost. That will be the difference between the game. Crusaders 34, Blues 27. Mm. That's from Dean. It's kind of something we talked about yesterday, Izzy, and, and one of the concerns you have at Rico at centre, and there's not a lot, is connecting with his outsides, and they do leave points mm. on the table via that. I, there's been There's been examples of it a couple of times this year, so Dean's kind of on the money there. He is, he is. And look, don't get me wrong, he, uh, uh, Rico's come a long way in the last couple of years at centre. He is devastating because, like I spoke about yesterday, his own real option was going on the outside, his outside burst. But now he's got two genuine options. He can bang a player on the inside, he can go outside. Um, so that's all you need. And defensively, he's real, He's pretty sound. He's pretty sound because he's got a lot of speed. He can actually back his speed and um, give players the outside, make reads because so he, he knows he can catch players from anywhere because he's very, very quick. Uh, but yeah, just spoke about his distribution and your centres need, need to be on. When you've got players like Talia, uh, Peter Fetha outside you, absolute threats every time they get the ball. Um, yeah, you, you've got to give them that opportunity. So, um, Uncle, you all right? It was the biggest yawn I've ever heard. <laughs> Am oh, I boring you? Come out. It's like it's like it's like standing in the back line waiting for the scrum to pack. <laughs> <laughs> not even, he didn't even make that up as well. It was a genuine yawn. <laughs> Louis looks straight at me and going, he's giving me the finger, mate. It's oh, like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, the mate. The disrespect. <laughs> oh, We've got a caller. Can we take oh, this caller or no? I love you, Izzy. Look, I, I wish you were here last night, Izzy. You, know, you, you ask about what the atmosphere was here last night with the SEN uh, Z team and Hydroflow um, supporters and the owners and stuff like that. I can't, I can't put words in your mouth, mate. Like, you had to be here. Like, the trip down alone was worth a million dollars. You know, spending two hours in a car with Joseph and then watching him walk out of the room in his white pants after Louis told him 44 times not to wear them was worth its weight in gold. He did cough a bit of heat on the white pants. Yeah, and, and what did Bruce Sherrick say when you no, asked about white pants? We're not going to, because he's a reputable man, we're not going to say that. Hey, one more text, Izzy, then we're going to let you go, mate. Um, lots of good debate on the Crusaders Blues. I'm on the fence, so took the power play for the lead to change in the last 10 minutes. It's paying $4. Gee, that's good money. I love that. Mm. That's great money. Great money for sure. Don't There's going to be lots of punting and no, no, I, no, I haven't even had a look at the um, TAB odds uh, for that game. I'm still just really impressed with my betting on last night at Cambridge. So, oh, have we a look at it tonight? And uh, have we dabble with the Crusaders, try and pick a first try scorer? But no, nah, it's going to be a good night of sport, boys, and good night of uh, weekend of sport, I must say. And well done on last night. Uh, really loved your work and great effort from the whole entire SENZ team. And well done. Well done, self-assured Mark Purden, mate. Um, I'll be listening. I'm going to go back inside and look after the kids because surely they're somewhere. Daisy's gone to the airport, so hopefully the kids are all right. But, yeah, I'll go. go <laughs> is da- is Daisy still talking to me after yesterday, mate? D- Daisy, don't. <laughs> She's, she loves you, young. She loves you. She can be. Just, just simmer, mate. Just stay with her. Go, Izzy, you go do some babysitting of your own children, mate, yeah. and uh, we'll hold the fort. Great to catch up, brother. Yeah. The eagle's flying. The eagle's Cheers, flying. Man. All right, there you go. Izzy Dag talking all things Super Rugby. Kimpy, you need to go for a, a bit of to do a track work, mate. You're like a cult, and we're either going to gouge you or you need to get out on the track, all right? Those are your two options. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're live from Cambridge Raceway in the aftermath of the race. Our choices flooring pole not far away. And also, Quizzy Dag coming up later this hour. Just because Izzy's 
going to be some babysitting doesn't mean we can't do Quizzy Day. So we'll get into that. Choices for him, Pole Not Far Away. Sipping a lovely McCafe coffee, hopefully, later on this afternoon when we can get one. I can't wait for that, actually. It's going to perk me up throughout the afternoon. And we're going to talk a little bit of rugby league later this hour as well. There's a text here from Chris throughout the, Kemp uh, throughout the Kiwis. We'll ask Kempe that. Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Back in a minute. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. ECNZ. Welcome in. Awesome, awesome morning to be here at uh, Cambridge Raceway. The day after we've won the race and your messages on the greatest comebacks are awesome. In the spirit of Easter, we're talking greatest comebacks and we've got a Musashi prize pack to give away. And this is your choices for a poll. Remember, you can head into the SCNZ app and, and vote on our nominations, but your ones are brilliant. We'll get to those in a second. But right now, it's Quizzy Dag and we're going to rip into it with the man, the myth, Simon from Auckland. How are you doing, Simon? Good, mate. Good yeah, excellent, mate. Did you watch Self Assured last night? Yeah, yeah, it's a good race, hey. Moved at yeah. the right time, I thought. Bit of speed on early and then got around there, eh? Bang on, bro. Bang on, bro. Well, okay, well, you've seen the race, so you might be able to get at least one of these questions right. Kimpy? Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. They've just turned me on, Simon. Let's go. Who won the race by Grins last night <laughs> right here at Cambridge Raceway? Self-assured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that one, Simon. Right, we're going south with this one, okay? Southie, who won the Richard Hadley medal last night <laughs> at the New Zealand Cricket Awards? Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Southie. I don't That's... know if I can... <laughs> you, you... Right, buck it up, mate. Here we go. Who is defending <laughs> NBA champions? Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> all right, Kimby, none of that, all right? Simon is smart enough to do the quiz on his own. He's got a couple of brothers here. Who is the captain of the Crusaders? Captain of the Crusaders. Five, um, four, three, is it two, them? one. No, not at the moment. Has he got a couple of brothers? Uh, yeah, he does. George, Adam, <laughs> Luke. He literally does. Hey, hard luck, Simon. All right, let's go to Zade. Morning, Zade. Good morning. Um, I think it's Sam Whitelock. No, 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 no. That was the that was the, the last uh, answer, mate. So I'll give you a, another one of that. It's um, you're close though by the position he plays. Oh, is it Scott Barrett. Bingo. Ooh, here we go. And this is a great year for the Warriors. Honestly, it was. Just between two and four. Who? What year did Marnoro make the Test debut? For the All Blacks. A couple of legends debuted this year. You, you reckon you got it, Zaid? Pardon? What year did Mananu make his debut for the All Blacks? What year? Yeah, and it was a, a pretty good year for a number of reasons. 2004? No! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Zaid, you're so close there. You are so close there, mate. 2005? Um, 
No, no, sorry, Zade. Sorry, Zade. Keep going. Sorry. Keep, no, keep going. no, 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 none of that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Zade, that is not the answer. If you want to play Quizzy Dag, there's time. There's, we're on the last question. 0800-150-811. We can get you in here. Come on. Come see us. We've got a $100 bonus bet. Good to go. Uh, sorry, $50 bonus bet via the TAB. We're on the last question. What year did Manonu make his test debut for the All Blacks? Zade and Simon have done all of the push work. We're right there. We're sitting for you. Do we have Dave and Palmy? Yeah, mate. Yep. It was Nah made his debut with Conrad in two thousand and three. Oh, he's just ah. middled it. Bang, Dave. That's sharp Good work. work. Davey. You must be from uh... <laughs> Hey Dave, was that the was that the sound effect your TAB account was making last night, mate, when self assured one? Uh, not quite. I had self assured but all of that. Southco started to get up and get a few tries. It's just hard to take. After Queensland came back against the Raiders last night, jeez, that's a bit of a comeback. Wanna? Oh, huge, mate! Great point, and we're going to get to some of those comebacks. Well done, Dave. Awesome stuff, brother. Good effort there in the quiz, quizzy dag. Uh, talking comeback. All good, man. We're talking comebacks, kids. You're doing a wonderful job in the studio, mate. I appreciate all your hard effort in there. One man band today. Um, I think I do believe we have one last pit stop for this hour, though, and we're going to come back with a bunch of different suggestions for the greatest comebacks. I've lots, slightly lost my bearings a little bit. Bit of direction here from the studio, please. Do we? Mate. We got. We got. We got. We've got one more commercial break. Yes, to off here, yes, we? we do. My apologies. Well, it's not a commercial break because it's Easter. Kids. Sliding back and forth, actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. That's actually that's uh, that's user error. That's pilot. I got Joe sitting here just like a stunned mullet. Like yeah, a little bit of help from the on-site producer. <laughs> we'll head off. Come back to some of the greatest comics. I lost my bearings there. User error. My apologies. Well, Cambridge no, Raceway. No, we won't actually. We'll I'm, keep going. Oh, we'll keep going. We're gonna keep going. Right, there we go. Glad we got to the bottom of it. Let's get to some of these greatest comebacks in sport. Apologies. It's uh, Easter Friday and I've eaten my weight in hot cross buns and they've all gone to my head. Kempi, how's this one? Good night, lads. Was crack up listening to the whole Louis Beaver interaction after the race and watching it on TV too. It's from Mark. You were you were a crack up, mate. Like you 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 look like you were a Christmas tree. The, all the gear you had on, like your blue, you know, beautiful bright jacket and your white top and your you know, had Joe running around holding your holding your decks in the backhand. Do, do you know, do you know what Beaver said to me and what Mark's alluding to here? Beaver said, "Oh yeah, it's great to win the race. Like so excited, but oh, I missed the trifecta." <laughs> That's all he said to me. Like, he's handing he's handing the trophies over last night, and I'm going, "Mate, how good's that?" He goes, "Missed the trifecta." Number nine, number nine. He could have had the trifecta. He was spewing, so it was it was funny. You're right, Mark. Uh, has to be the Patriots coming back from 28-3 down to win the Super Bowl in 2017. That is Simon. Outstanding work uh, that was. Great nomination there, Simon. This is our choices for him polls. Greatest comeback, and we're talking about the great comeback, of course. Well, it's Easter. That's the greatest one of the greatest comebacks of all time. 2018, that game between Crusaders and Waratahs when the Crusaders were down 29-0 and getting pumped. Somehow they came back and won 31-29. Pete Maynard in Christchurch. I remember that. That you know that we were at a Warriors game at Mount Smart. Me and my flatmates, Pete, watching that, and we had it on, and we were like watching it on the train on the way back, and we were so upset. By the time we walked from the train station back to our house and chucked the TV on, I think they were back in the game and it was like 29 all, just after <laughs> probably about 60 minutes through. That was incredible. Great, uh, great suggestion there. We've got uh, we've got plenty coming in here. Um, 
My comeback vote would be Brady, greatest comeback of all time. The heartbreaking one for New Zealand sports fans was Oracle winning the America's Cup from 8-1 mm. down. Cheers, Craig. Kimpy, 2013, America's Cup, you're a massive sailing fan. Um, that was heartbreaking. Well, I am, mate. I am. You know, I've got Kev down the road, you know, lives down there, the old CAO. He's taking it. Where's he taking it to next year? Spain, is it? Barcelona? They got it. No, no, mate, I'm back in the old Dennis O'Connor days. I was I was actually in Perth, mate, when they, when Dennis O'Connor was racing uh, Team New Zealand. Team New Zealand won it. So well, that Oracle comeback is was bitter. That that uh, sucked. Yeah, because they bought they bought they the bought chip. It. They bought the oh, ship. Of course. Well, they bought they bought New Zealand. They taken it to Spain. <laughs> Thanks, Kimpy. Craig, double eight, double three. Sharp work from you. And another one. Oh, it's Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Happy Easter to you, Louis. It was Jimmy Spittle and Oracle beating Team New Zealand in the America's Cup. I know you want that Musashi, but you're a uh, family member of one of the people in the show, Suzanne, so that's called corruption. We can't give it to you, unfortunately. We'll move on. Appreciate your correspondence, though. Great comeback, Aaron Kudu, on Des Dijou, masterpiece of horsemanship. Ted, do you remember Ted. this? Aaron no, Kudu. I don't. Okay, so we'll watch. We'll, I'll pull it up for you. We'll play it. Aaron Kudu on a jumps track. I can't remember where it was. He goes over, I think, the first hurdle. Oh, that's he, right. He the, falls the, off the, it. the horse knuckles. He yep. goes right down. That's He's right. hanging on. Swings himself back up, unbelievable strength, yep. and then he gets it up gets to win. Up win. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I do. That and that, you know what? That's better. I wish I thought of that. That's a better comeback than uh, all of Chautauqua's because he actually hit the deck. Uh, Louis, it was Jimmy Spittle. Yeah, another Jimmy, Jimmy Spittle. Man, and you know you're calling this a choke. Whether whether it was a greatest comeback or the greatest choke, Aaron. Brutal, mate. Oh, you've got to, you, But you've got to talk about that. That is one of the greatest comebacks in history. You know what I mean? It ended a guy's career, and he had one win. To he, it was like he got to the 79th minute, and he had 20 point lead. Oh, Dean Barker. Yeah, he had a 20 point lead in the 79th minute. That's a bit tough. Going there's technology involved, isn't it? No, <laughs> no, no, not having any of it. Um, Comeback King Rod Laver kicked out of tennis. Then four years later, won a Grand Slam. Richard, ah, oh, sharp work, Richard. Very, very good pickup from you. Uh, Muhammad Ali banned from three years from 1960. Strip title retained three times. Heavyweight champion ten years. Knocked out George Foreman. Great this fight. One of one of the best. Great fight. I remember watching that. I look. I've watched that so many times, and even the movie. Um, and George Foreman, mate, how he knocked George Foreman out. I think got him fatigued. He just fatigued him. Yeah, no one could knock George Foreman out back then. Now we're coming to the top of the hour. Here it is ten o'clock. After ten o'clock, we're going to catch up with Mark Burton. Right now, we're at, we're getting through the greatest comebacks of all time. This is our. We've got a Musashi prize pack with Chemist Warehouse up for grabs here. It's a choices flooring poll. Head to Twitter and vote in our options. I've got one, but keep coming through. I've yes, got one. Yes, Kimpy. Great greatest comeback. Richie Blackmore taking the Kiwis by the scruff of the neck. The first game of '95 World Cup, we lose to Tonga by eight points. And Richie Blackmore, I remember looking at him, just took the game by the scruff of the neck and got us back to draw. And and Richie kicked that left foot drop goal by halfway from halfway. It's a great point, and it kind of feels like what I'm doing here with you today. Just carrying you. <laughs> what kicking drop goals? Just got got you on <laughs> <laughs> kicking something. Got you on my back. Here's a challenge. You've for got you. a long <laughs> way to get to get home yet, son. We've got a trophy You've tour to get through before the home. end of the day. Uh, find the find the commentary of Matt Kiwi winning the Melbourne Cup, 1983, I think it was. Jimmy, Jimmy Cassidy. Cassidy. Hey, I've got a story about Jimmy Cassidy. Well, you we can't tell it now because we're about to head off. Yeah. So we'll get to it later on. Jump on my back, Kimpy. I got you, brother. It's all good. The best comebacks in sport. I don't think you call it a comeback, but when the barriers were pulled. The gate was pulled and Self Assured got eight. Heads dropped. Not Mark Purdens, though. You know why? 
because he's the master. He's the calmest bloke in the room, wherever he is. And last night, he got self-assured home. He got us paid. It was the dream we all wanted to come true. We won the race by Grins, the inaugural version. We're going to catch up with Mark Purden and Dave Branch. After 10 o'clock, you're listening to SCNZ live from Cambridge. He franked the form. We thought he would. And he got the job done. Mark's on the line with us this morning to reflect on a wonderful night. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good, guys. Yeah, no, it was a great night. and We really enjoyed it. It was a great night, and I'm glad you're feeling good. You're always smiling, mate, but I could tell you were nervous, which shows you what sort of a race um, Dave Branch has been able to put on here because it was, wasn't a regular night at Cambridge, was it? It was a bit of a buzz around the atmosphere, and you could, I could tell you you know, you know, could feel the energy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like you, you, We really only feel that sort of cup, cup week in New Zealand, and uh, I know Cambridge, uh, Cambridge did a great job, and full credit to... David Branch for the, the work he's done uh, sort of behind the scenes to make it happen and uh, no there was a real real atmosphere there Hey Mark, I'm, it's Kempe mate I'm sitting here looking out at Cambridge Raceway and I'm looking down at the home straight when you're coming around the corner you've got that little rise and you get a kick into the straight were you, were you thinking that you're ever in doubt when you hit the straight? Well uh, you know just doing the form before the race you know, I thought South Coast Arden would be one of the hardest to beat. Um, probably the, just that middle race work might have just taken the edge off him. But round the corner, I just felt self-assured was travelling better than he was. Um, yeah, I, I, the horse that moved four wide down the back that ran second, Majestic Cruiser, um, he sort of just got onto my back briefly round the corner just for 30 metres or so, and then he came out and... Uh, I was a little bit concerned. He was sort of make, taking ground off me, but uh, probably the last 50, I think, it, or 60 metres, it, they, they both levelled out and uh, he wasn't making any more ground on me. Mark, you were um, very good to chat to me after I shoved a phone in your face while you were still in the car, so I appreciate that. It, <laughs> and the, 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 the smile on your face said it all, really. And first thing you said is, oh, he was just travelling so well. You told Mick and me before the race that you had him as well as you really felt. Can you just talk about the horse and the job he did in preparation for the race? Yeah, well, we had probably, um, you know, his form line had been great. And then one night at Auckland, he, he got beat by South Coast Arden. And I didn't think he went as good as he was capable of going. I thought he had the race won, but he just didn't seem to finish it off. So we, we'd done the vet checks and what have you after that. And... Um, Turned out he had a bit of a respiratory infection, and um, we treated him from there. Just worked him quietly for for the next week, and, and probably the last fortnight before the race, we just built his work up more and more. And, and um, you know, on the day he was very very fit, but uh, you could just tell by his demeanour. And, um, and not yesterday, but a couple of days ago, he's he jogs in the cart with a couple of leaders, and uh, we call it a pig route where they. They buck. They don't actually kick, but he bucked in the cart, and uh, I thought it's usually a good sign, a good indicator that he's feeling pretty good to do that. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I knew, knew going into it, he was he was very well. But his work had just been great, and he, you know, you'd stop your clock and look at it and say, well, he's he's won a run a great 800 metres or a great 400 metres, and he he felt like he was doing it well within himself. So, yeah, I knew going into it, he was very very well. Geez, it sounds like me sitting in the back back seat on the way home today, bucking and kicking. And Kempi is very excited, Mark. He's got the trophy <laughs> yeah. in front of it. He, he, you can hear it, can't you? 
<laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, Mark, I I couldn't wait to get my hands on that trophy. We'd been talking it up all day, all week, and to see you get across there and, and win was great. Oh, look, I like backing a winner, and especially after their grand final, I reckon the form is absolutely superb. So, tell us, Mark, what's the next cab off the rank for you? Because that one's got to be like a short favourite. As far as major races go, yep. Um, what do you got? Into the, uh, for self-assured? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, he rolls into the Taylor Mile next week and then the Messenger the, the week after that. So he's got a couple of really nice races and then toward the end of May, uh, the Auckland Cup. So uh, he'll be there with Spankham and uh, and probably Mac Dan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we just look forward to the next month of racing with him. A couple more, Mark. Um, Spankham, I think he went huge. He looked a pe- he looked a peach before the race, didn't he? And he's gonna he's gonna train on, and he, surely he can't be far from getting back to his best. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, he, he had a good blow after the race, and uh, obviously, you know, the run's going to improve him. But he pulled up pulled up great, and uh, and what have you. So um, you know, he he's going to be a horse that'll be hard to beat going forward, that's for sure, in those major races. Awesome. And just to see Jean, um, she was, she was such a, she's such a cool lady, isn't she? To, to have her back in New Zealand and checking out all her babies that you've been looking after and um, yearlings, that is, horses, of course, and to have her back here and, and just her big grin and, and she was so, big smile on her face. It must have been a cool moment to see a, a, you know, a friend of yours just so greatly rewarded. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we've been uh, had a great association over a long period of time now, and uh, it started when Jean had a farm and uh, in Melbourne, and uh, I used to come over and stay with uh, her and Bill, and um, and from there, you know, our relationship developed, and I bought a couple of horses for uh, her and Bill at the Melbourne sales, and uh, it went from there, and uh, they were two really nice horses we bought that year, and uh, that was the start of it. Awesome, Mark. Hey, we'll let you carry on. Um, again, thanks so much for letting us in and all the insight you've given us pre the race, post the race. Um, you've been awesome. It's been a, a pleasure to kind of have an association with you by proxy, I guess. And uh, we're really, really <laughs> thank, real, really thankful. And hopefully, we can team out, team up again some other time, eh? Yeah, well, you're going to be there for the next two years, so uh, let's hope we got the right horse for you guys. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold you to that one as well. All right, Mark. Great. Yeah. Go well today. All right, good. Cheers, boys. There you go. Mark Purden. Icon. And I mean that. No, I mean it lightly. Icon of Harness Racing, Mount Rushmore. Dave Branch, CEO of Cambridge Raceway. He saw it all. He was next to us, screaming the house down, probably for self for sure, because the right horse won. Hey, skip. 100%. Yeah, what a, gra- <laughs> what a great result. Is that what you're saying about your wallet? Yeah. 100%? Yeah. No, I used all my luck up on the weather, so I didn't have a bet because I didn't want to risk it. So, nah, great. What a what a night! What a great result! It was awesome. Um, Mark Purden, you're a harness racing fan. He'd be a, a Mount Rushmore candidate, wouldn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah, just genuine, nicest, one of the nicest people you'd meet, and yeah, gave me a call on the way home just to say thanks and what a good night oh, he had. And yeah, you good know, bed. awesome. Yeah, just yeah, such a nice guy. So getting endorsements like that, so like we and we've covered all the ground. Um, we're at Cambridge Raceway. We've we've talked about the context. And last night on the broadcast, you explained the concept and the challenges you had. Now post it, looking back over a track, and the weather is so cool here. And 
you know, in retrospect, getting calls from Mark Purden and having people on track, just the big smiles on their face afterwards, like, can you be proud now? Yeah, can take a little bit of time to reflect now, I guess, and, and sit back and then, but tomorrow we start planning for next year. So take us through it. Like, you know, you, did you have like a, you're lying in bed one night and going, oh man, you know, like <laughs> I'm in Cambridge and I just want to get this going. I think I'll just run the slot race and get all the best horses around the world <laughs> to come here and get Kempy and Louie down to just ramp it up on the radio. And it turned out, like, it, honestly, I, like, when I come down last night, I didn't think it was going to be such a big night. And to hold the trophy, like, you must have just had the biggest grin, mate, from ear to ear. Yeah. Is that yeah. how it happened? Like, yeah, you're just lying Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit more work than that, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, could not have, if you'd written the script, it could not have played out better. Self-assured drawing where he did, just to add that little bit of interest. I mean, the best horse won, which, yeah, could, n- could not have worked out better. SNZ have been, you know, behind it from the start and with giving away, you know, shares to listeners and stuff like that. Like, how good? And how good was that? So good. Like, like those you, boys last night, they, they, were, they were going, oh, man. You know, like, I hope it wins. You know, I'm going to buy a new couch, and I hope it wins. I'm, I'm going to lay the concrete in my driveway. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, in the end, I was buying into it. I was like, man, I hope it wins. Yeah. I just seriously hope it wins. And then when it won, and I went back upstairs, and they were in the lounge just ah, losing honestly their losing their minds. They were. They were crazy. And, of course, I had the trophy. Yeah. 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 yeah we Kimpy, we, we get it. You took the trophy, <laughs> mate. You told us about 800 times. <laughs> Even Joe was getting sick of you, all right? Um, Dave, like, what... What's because it like it can't have been perfect. It might have felt perfect, but there's always improvements. What's something you do differently for next time? I think m- more people. Obviously, no COVID restrictions, stuff like that. Next year, we're we're going to go to a million dollars, so it'll be up from nine hundred thousand to a million. So that that just gives it that it makes that a little bit more sexy, I guess. And then yeah, just just more people. I think um, we're not at Easter, so we're a Friday night next year, fourteenth, same date. Um, but yeah, oh. Friday night into a Saturday. That'd um, be nice. That'd, I'll enjoy that. Yeah, cause I, and I think that's probably it. You know, you'll be on the rate. Well, don't worry. We'll do a show. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter for us. We'll, we'll be, still be here on Saturday morning. Um, I think like that. So that, that's probably something that you, it's out of your control for this year. Yeah. But like, in, in kind of, if you look at it and you look at it glass half full, in a way, like having that kind of smaller scale for year one, just to find your feet, are there positives out of that? Yeah, 100%. I think, and also the the Thursday before Good Friday's almost like a Friday, isn't it? So there's there's nothing on today, so we're, we're pretty much a Friday night. But I think, as you say, find find our feet. Um, we had a really good crowd, few few uh, noise complaints from neighbours, so that's always... Always what down here in Cambridge? Sign of a good night, isn't it? When Mate, when you're getting no in noise from in Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so. the thing. Well, that wasn't noisy last night. <laughs> nah. Well, it's because you were screaming. You couldn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> so making the noise. I mean, we we take all those little things and we we just build on it next year. And it was always about finding our feet. You know, we had probably the the one thing, one disappointment, or not disappointment, but thing we can improve on is. Um, Dunstan not having a, having a horse in the race. Yeah. So how can we fix that for next year? I mean, uh, can w- you? Is that a problem you can resolve though? Like, can you have emergencies, or is there a way around? Like, what do they do in the Everest? Yeah. So they have emergencies. Problem for us is that the lead-up race, where all the good ho- or the the I guess second-tier horses, they were in Addington last week, in Christchurch. So trying, if the lead-up race was in Auckland or here, 
then at least they're, mm. you know, they're on the back doorstep. You can tap them on the shoulder and say, yeah. hey, jump in this race last minute. They were down in Christchurch, so bringing them, at, bringing them back was a bit difficult. So all that stuff. I mean, we need a lead-up race a couple of weeks before going this way around. The, yes. Yeah. So, better, better, what about um, one just like a, not a complaint, but a, uh, something that people were kind of murmuring about on track last night is support races, getting a higher standard yeah. of support races. Is that something you'd like? 100%. And, and mm. same thing, because it was just chucked together. You know, we, we had the date, and it's like, we'll put this race on. And then, you know, HRNZ gave us some extra funding for some races. But... Better support card. Get some get mm. some guns here as well that mm. that add to it. That undercard and stuff. And and yeah, I'm. They do it well in they do it well in athletics. You know, like you should have a diamond series. I reckon. I reckon like to to uh, last night was like the pinnacle. But what you should do is have a lead in and a lead out yeah. of, of the series. So have a lead in with self assured to be the pinnacle, like the and then have a lead out. You know what I mean? So you, yeah. get, you get the ones behind it going, well, I can still win something on the back end of it. And take it around the country. You know, like... Like it, the trophy. Yeah. On tour. Of course. You know, and I'll, and I'll, come, and, I'll come and pick those trophies <laughs> up. No worries at all. But that, I just think the concept that you've got, what you've, you've opened the eyes up of everybody to go, man... I'm talking to a couple of blokes last night and saying, what do you reckon? They're going, man, what a great idea. Like, this, yeah. bringing this to New Zealand... And having all these great horses run, I think you've you've created something that's just going to keep growing. What, what's your thoughts on that? Like taking, like you lead it, take it around the country. What do you reckon? It's like, a, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? Like, do you mean like a series? Like a series, yeah. So follow, like you know, like a circus. Like follow them around, take them all out, do the big show and all that sort of stuff, the parades and all that sort of stuff, and roll it out into the town. It's a big dreamer. So just you can just let that wash over you. You don't need a hard <laughs> answer right now. I. No, 100% though, but I think one of the things that added so much like interest to this was having the Aussies coming in fresh, because there was no New Zealand form, oh, so bringing yeah. them in straight from across the ditch. I think we need a New Zealand lead-up race, 100% here, a couple of weeks before. Bring those Aussies in fresh though, because that's what adds the interest. The other thing I would like for next year, and something we'll, we'll, we'll work on, is a trotting race, because mm. we had the paces, trotting slot race on the same night. Oh, here we go. Now we're dreaming big. I love it. So this is what happens when we're the CEO, going, the CEO goes to Look, sleep the dogs at 6. Have, the dogs have just come out. They want a slot race too. Trot slot. Trot, trot slot. Trot slot. This is gold. Um, here's a message for you, Dave, and, and this kind of sums it up. In double eight, double three, how did you enjoy the night? Do you have any, like, he's a he's a pretty open and honest bloke. Have you got any constructive criticism? you got any queries about the whole process? Dave Branch is the CEO of Cambridge Raceway, sitting next to us this morning. We've got him for a little bit longer. Good morning, SCNZ team. Big congrats to you guys, the Shear winners, the lovely lady owner, Jean Feast, and Mr. Purden. Listen to the race and the truck heading back to Palmy. Cheered Jimmy home. So exciting. Well done, everyone. And we've just had tens of those messages coming through, Dave, of people who wouldn't have been looking your way on a Thursday night. And that's kind of like the impact you've made. Um, you've, you've kind of created harness racing enthusiasts out of people that weren't. And like ultimately, which when we say grow the game, that is literally what we mean. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. I guess. It's, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, so cool. And you know, you say I've done it or we've done it, but you guys being on board for the journey is is what's done it right. Like the slot holders getting behind it, building the hype, talking about it, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, let's get, let's get real, Dave. Like, have you had any phone calls from Australia? Like, have you you know the the big race courses that have looked at this and gone, man, let's talk to that that dude down in Cambridge and see whether or not he wants to come over here. Like, you've, is your CV 
that full now and the phone calls, the phone is going that hot that maybe we might lose you to the game somewhere else? Not yet. But Not yet? <laughs> nah. I mean, I'm, I, I love, I'm from Cambridge, so I love Cambridge Raceway. I drove, drove my first winner on this track, trained, a, trained my first winner on this track years ago before I went over to the UK. So it's a place I love, but, um, and I want, when I do leave eventually, I want to leave it in a so, better so place. So tell us about that. that. That's the part that I want to know. Like, where's your horizon? Like, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years' time? For me, I guess I love harness racing. That's what I've been, I've been brought into, brought up with, and passionate about it. And I want to, I want to grow the game. So I want to, I want to leave it in a better place than, than it, than it is, or than I found it. I guess, and it's easy to say that. I guess, but that, that's probably my, my reason. I'm, I'm not here. I didn't take the job for the money or for the glory or anything like that. I, I want to make a difference. So yeah. And have you had a conversation with Bruce Sherrick? What, what, what? What, how's that conversation going about growing harness racing and New Zealand racing all together? I haven't, to be fair. I just passed him in the car park before and said hi and had a quick chat. But I'll haven't had a, Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I think we've we got to look at it. It's not harness racing and thoroughbreds. You know, it's not us and them. We, we need to grow it together and whatever He'd we do. He'd love to hear that. Yeah. And, and um, so we had Butch. Um, yeah. From Tirapa, they brought a whole crew. We have David Ellis up there last yep. night and stuff. DC was here. I like, saw him. How good having those guys here enjoying harness racing um, and having a good night, which is, you know, that that probably hasn't happened in the past. No, and uh, we just spoke to Bruce Sherrick about not just that, but also cutting out the pettiness in the industry, and that kind of goes across both. You know it too well. It's not just thoroughbred code he was speaking on behalf of, but you need to work together. And that actually goes cross codes. It goes in harness racing individually, greyhounds individually, um, thoroughbred racing. And, and that's something we're really keen to facilitate that positivity and that conversation with SCNZ. It's something I'm extremely passionate about because I think it turns a lot of young people off. Yeah. I don't think we're a generation that likes negativity. We don't like pettiness. And that's sort of because we've grown up on the internet, it's so easy to get abused. And, you know, people of a different generation might call um, younger people millennials soft. Well, it's not soft. We're just hyper-aware of what you're saying to us. And when you hear negativity, it turns people away. And that's something the racing industry needs to be extremely mindful of. So that cross-code and working to be positive with uh, thoroughbreds and, and greyhounds, it's why people like yourself are so crucial and Bruce to work together and to really kind of intertwine and make sure that we fix that as a community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And racing has a has a problem with shooting themselves in the foot quite often eh? like we, we the negativity in that and you get brought down and we touched on it last night when I was chatting to you guys about you know the negativity from people going oh this won't work and stuff and for me it was surrounding myself with people like Mick Guerin, Greg O'Connor positive people who who said this will work just you know and, and but if you get caught in that in that down spiral that negativity then nothing happens so Awesome. Well, congratulations, man, again. You've had enough accolades from us. Uh, your head's probably about to hit the ceiling here. Jump so in the car, mate. Go, Have a good trip home. Go, uh, go do some track work, blow <laughs> yeah. off some steam, get back to your roots, get in the car, <laughs> go do some work. We'll catch up again. We'll be here in uh, 365 days, I think it would be, the 14th, 364. Congratulations for all your work. Dave Branch, the CEO of Cambridge Legend. Raceway. Morning, boys. Watched the race last night and thought... I found some value in Ultra Orlando, unluggy, but congratulations to all the uh, all the people involved. Make it like a Karaka Millions for Harness. That's the sentiment from Patty and so many other people on Double Eight, Double Three. We're going to talk odds and punting.
shock after this. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Kempi and Louie from Cambridge Raceway with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Your texts are coming through red hot on double eight double three. We're talking greatest comebacks. Mick Fanning surfer, Kiwi last Melbourne Cup. And the Queensland Cowboys last night. That's a great one from Dave. Um, more Jimmy Spittle chat. People are loving Jimmy Spittle. And how about this? Kieran's mum, Suzanne McFadden. Fantastic journalist. Oh, it's actually from Eugene. Another fantastic journalist himself. Hat tip to the late Joely Venderi leading counties to a great comeback in the MPC semi against Waikato and Hamilton around 1997. That's the sort of mail we want, Eugene. Great stuff there. And we keep the texts coming in because we've got a Musashi prize pack to give you um, via the Chemist Warehouse. It's the good sort of chalky this Easter. Ask that CEO having a dance act after the races. A dance act? Well, I saw Dave doing a bit of dancing last night. Um, I don't know if he is the dance act. Maybe we could organise Paris Go Bell or someone like that. Anyway, Kempi, you had a, a great time last night. You can't stop talking about it. We got lots of messages in the immediate aftermath, but one man that was along with us for the ride, tab.co.nz, they gave us some meat on the bone. $2.40, I think, was on the tote at closing. And Paul Mawadi, the absolute party, you were with us in spirit, my brother. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. Uh, I'm just hoping that you boys have had uh, a couple of coffees and something just to get, <laughs> be- get get back into the land of the living. No coffee. No coffee here, mate. Kempi, the first thing you said when you saw Joe this morning is, get me a coffee, and it was very, I was actually scared. So you're right, he is back in the land of the living, but, but we don't know how long we'll stay here once we get this trophy tour underway on the way back to Auckland. <laughs> Paulie, have you got anything for us today? Like, you know, we're cruising home, we want, we, you know, we, our pockets are full, but we want them dripping. <laughs> have you got anything for us? First of all, congratulations. Uh, absolutely Thanks, sensational. And, and well done to Louis for uh, keeping the price out at 240 by saying, gee, drawn out eight. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be very, very tough. Yes, yeah, very well done there. And I, I can tell the money came in that last couple of hours before the race. Uh, the money did come in for self-assured. And what a what a masterful drive by uh, uh, Mark Burden. That, that was just... Um, that was a big race hurt. drive, wasn't it? it like, you've it watched was. a lot of racing, uh, Paulie, and, and like, he's the man to do it. I don't, we're not necessarily surprised, but when you see it in a big race like that, like, it's, like a J, it's like J-Mac giving Very Elegant the peach he gave her in the Melbourne Cup. You know, it's that sort of elite level... Um, you know, there's only a handful of people that can kind of execute in those big races, so you, it's a great point you make. Correct, and if, if he doesn't drive... It doesn't put it on a drive like that. Um, I think you're in a bit of trouble coming down the home straight uh, the final time. But no, wonderful drive. Great to see. It looked like it was a fantastic atmosphere there and something to build on for next year, hopefully. I'll tell you what, your brethren, uh, Brendan Popwell, wow. <laughs> Pops was popping off. It was great, to, was see, to, see it was great to see the big man unwind. Gee, he goes good, doesn't he, Paulie? Oh, you, a hundred percent. If you if you're talking a party, you, you're talking BP. That's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, he's on fire. All right, mate. You're off to the golf course. I really do appreciate you taking the call. We um, you were part of the journey, mate. We've talked about it the whole way. It feels like I tell you what, self-assured winning last night feels like a real team effort, and you are hundred percent part of our team. You were there from day one. We've been on here for nearly a year now. I know that sounds crazy, like 10 or ten or so months. Um, you've been here since day one, Paul, so thanks for all the work you do, man, and, and we'll talk again soon. 
Yeah, no worries, boys. And don't forget, there's no domestic racing today, but there's some over in Australia, and we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races from Sale uh, and from Ascot today. So uh, a chance for you to reinvest some of those winnings you took last night. Um, and if you're not quite... You can't pick the winner, but you can finish in second, third or fourth, you'll find a little a bonus bet uh, we'll in get your hold account. Of and we'll get hold of Izzy here like that. And I can tell you, the money continues. <laughs> the money continues to come for the bunnies. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the, why there is this the support for the bunnies. It's I, I guess because they're, they're playing the doggies. But no, Latrell Mitchell. That's a huge out for the bunnies. Hey, Paulie, who is your favourite bunny? Uh, outside of the Easter bunny. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, well, some say Kimpy at is the moment. Bunny. It's Cam Murray. <laughs> oh, of course, mate. Cam play. What a player. Hey, we've just got some greyhounds walking past us. God, they're beautiful. Well, that's just a, beautiful dogs. Just, they are, are, they are wonderful they are, pets. They are, they are lovely. They are lovely. Anyway, that's just my short tension span. Sorry, Paul. Um, well, no. get, get you, you, you go to the first, mate. Um, keep, keep your back straight, head over it, and just swing through it, right? <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah, it's a big match play uh, <laughs> event today. I'm taking on Don's Maxwell. Um, he, he, he's going to smash me. No, he's not, because you have got the power of self-assured with you. All right, Paul? TAB.co.nz. <laughs> you can go find all your markets, sports. Uh, you've got the, this uh, Rabbitohs market there. You've got some racing out of sale today with bonus backs. That's a bit of us later on, Kempe. And after this, I've woken up, and I've just checked my TAB account. I've woken up, and I've got one bet, $100 bet, on self-assured top three going into Coventina Bay to win. So I'm one leg home, and I'm really curious as to how good Coventina Bay is going because I'd love for that to get up because I love this mare. So let's try to track down Robbie Patterson. Let's head to the Naki, the spiritual home of racing in New Zealand, as Kempe likes to remind me. Robbie Patterson, trainer of Coventina Bay, not not far away for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. Choices flooring poll results and the winner of our Musashi prize pack before the end of the show. That was our TAB cross. We're live from Cambridge Raceway in the aftermath of the race by Grins. Back soon. He is he's, a, a, he's a great horse, Robbie. How you going? It's Kempy, mate. How was it up? Yeah, how was it up at the Gap this week? Were you guys, you, you know, were you and Alan talking about how good Coventina Bay's going? Because all the listeners want to know: <laughs> Are we on it? Are yeah. we on it? And are you going to ride us home? Well, mate, I, I tell you, the way she trotted it, she's always been a tricky horse and and a shuffly, and the way she's been working out, trotting out, working. This week in her gallop on Wednesday was uh, was fantastic. She got with a really good horse and left her behind. Um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Um, no, so going into tomorrow, yeah, I'm 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 pretty confident, really. Oh, I and I, you've kind of been. Um, oh, you know what trainers are like, Robbie. You kind of you read their words a wee bit, don't you? Because a lot of the time they're saying something, but they're not saying something. If you know what I mean. But you, you you've been right on the money with Coventina Bay. When you've given the push button and said, yeah, nah, she's right on the money this couple of times this prep, well, you guys have got the chocolate. So you feel like you're really in tune with this mare? Yeah, well, I just I know her so well. And, uh, like, she's such a good horse. Uh, if, if, she, if you've got 100% well and she's uh, feeling good, you know what you're going to get from her. It's, it's, it's only bad luck, which uh, gets in the road normally. She seems to be uh, – you know what? You've actually got up for grabs here, and you've probably got the um, horse of the year title up for grabs. Is that something you thought about? Because Levante's not running – if you can go really close here, I can't really see what else would be our horse of the year just for the the work she's done. Yeah, well, I think even at the moment, uh, she's probably 
favourite because she's uh, she's had a Group Two win and a Group One placing as well, plus Group Two Group One. So, wow. Hey, uh, no, no, I've thought about it. You know, like uh, it'd be a great achievement for just for the you know even for the Naki. I know Ellen's had a, a Horse of the Year and um, mm. and uh, you know we're only a little province really compared to Cambridge and Matamata and whatnot. And with a big uh, heart, yeah. don't you don't you don't you just say little province? So with a big heart, mate. That's where the heart beats. Yeah. She's a little place with a big heart and a big mountain. We're just, I'm actually just down the Stratford jump out. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day in the Mackie today. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, it's a fantastic part of the world. And Yeah, you are. that's awesome to hear how proud you are about where you're coming from, um, Robbie. And oh, I, I just think she's so deserving of that title if, if it goes well. And I think she's deserving of another Group 1, to be honest. So you're all on target to get through here. She's been freshened up back to the mile. And it's the Doombin Cup. That's, that's what you really want. Uh, I think the first one up at uh, Gold Coast, the Hollandale Cup's probably really her her okay. run 1800. Gold Coast, it's on the 7th of May. Uh, they, it's always got a bit of chip in at that track, and uh, and she she skips over those sort of tracks. Um, mm. It's probably realistically her her race she can be really competitive in. I know I've, I've got no illusions at all. Going to Australia is not easy. I've um, I've been there. I've, I've uh, tasted it. Um, so uh, no, but I but hey. She can run the sectionals, uh, and now she's got up over a trip. You know, she can sprint. She sprints as fast as anything. So, uh, hey, we're going there, and we're uh, going to try and fly the flag for New Zealand. Uh, that's awesome, man. And you get to catch up with old Sammy Collett as well. Yeah, no, Sammy. No, I talk to Sam all the time, and uh, she's doing great over there. She's flying, and uh, she said she gets homesick, and then she looks at her bank balance, and uh, she, <laughs> she comes back pretty quickly. <laughs> that is so good, and that is so yeah. classic of a jockey, isn't it, Robbie? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're miserable little buggers, most of them. (laughs) (laughs) So so true. And they love cash. That's that's quite a, they just, it's because the money's good, I think. They get a taste for it. They absolutely love it. That's classic, mate. Hey, um, you actually told us last time we spoke that Coventina Bay is coming to the end of her probably racing career, or she's still in her prime, but what is she now? uh, Six-year-old mare, so they don't go forever. And and you mentioned to us that you've got a, a really lightly raced prospect um, by contributor, Contribute. And, look, Grilsey's flying. You've really plotted her carefully. She hasn't raced a lot. Um, she's had a spell since a, a first and then a, a good third. I think it was at Trentham. Oh, she was flying late. Um, $3.20 in the first at Tarapa. Is she ready to go and, again, to, can keep progressing throughout the grades? Oh, she'll progress through the grades. Uh, like if she stays well and sound, I imagine I've been in this race, the Breeders' Stakes next year. Uh, she's got that quality. Um, uh, Twelve hundred metres is a bit short for her though. She'll get back from the draw um, first race. Normally, not a lot of tempo in, in the first race of the day, and it'll be hard, it'll be hard for her to sit back and uh, and storm down the outside. But whatever she does tomorrow, she'll she'll go on with it. Like she'll go a good race, but it'll be all tempo related where she ends up in the finish. But um, but going forward, uh, yeah, she's a real real smart horse to follow. Okay, so it might be a little bit of a watch and just get a sighter tomorrow, the first at Tarapa, and I fully hear you on the first. It can be a little bit niggly from time to time. Hey, Robbie, you been out fishing lately? No, I've been too busy, mate. With, with Coventina Bay, she's sort of, uh, and all the other horses, but especially with Coventina Bay, she's sort of engulfing all my time at the moment. But uh, yeah, as soon as she gets a few days off, I'm heading out. Good man, good man. Well, we, we hope that it wins on the weekend for us. I know that Louis asked you all those questions because he's got a pocket full of it wins. So mm. all the best, mate. Good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Awesome, Robbie. You're a good man. That's Robbie Patterson. Uh, there was a McCafe coffee catch-up this morning. Um, we're actually, so we are in the heartland of 
racing, really. Cambridge Bears, he points out. It's the heartbeat over there in Taranaki. Uh, down the road in Matamata, we've got Waikato Stad, um, Mark Chittick. What a cutter they are running. What an absolute cutter they are running. Those Tavachis are starting to fly. I did notice that Wolverine isn't hitting, so she's not in the... Champagne stakes tomorrow. Roy, Roy and Burgesson. There was some thought that she'd go and take on Fireburn, but oh, honestly, I think this is the right call. Like, there's no doubt Wolverine is a really smart filly, a really smart filly, but Fireburn, I think, is something special. And I think it'll be the first since Piero to, to win the Triple Crown for those two year olds uh, in the Champagne stakes. I don't really see her getting beaten, and I think. Wolverine would have had to have been so good. And she could have got a good race and, and get a bit of Australian Group 1 placing. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six in the field. But I think they look at Wolverine um, being maybe a potential superstar. And I think they'll take her to Melbourne in the spring. They will have awesome success there. So I respect that decision by Royd and uh, the Australian Bloodstock team. Racing at Randwick tomorrow, and that's, uh, you know, it's also still the, the championships really it's the the wrap-up of the carnival as we kind of get into the colder months we've got the all-age stakes and it is a ripper try find me the winner of this race i genuinely don't know how you would moonga cascadian um you got colding going around at 12 dollars a place Ellsberg, mm. right in the market um we've got forbidden love who izzy is very keen on Izzy loves that horse he does Tefane, uh mark zara making the trip up and this will be Tefane's last race probably potentially she's won four group ones now um quite an incredible mare ten dollars and 330 from a widest draw sierra sue who's won a big race this prep shout the bar nimily hungry heart in the congo backing up overpass shelby 66 stretching out Really interesting. He's never won at the distance. He's run three places over the 1,400. Um, this is a ripper. The all-age stakes. Do you, reckon, do you reckon Izzy's ever shot the bar? Yep, I do. Izzy's extremely generous. Is he? Mm-hmm. Is he? He is, AJ. <laughs> he shouted us dinner the other night, remember? You can speak. Oh, I just meant you could... <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Joseph. <laughs> Calm down. All right. Uh, we are 17 away from 11. I'm just going to do a very quick studio check. We've, we've got this process under control last hour. We have one commercial break to come. It's not a commercial break because it's Easter. Why do I keep saying that? Um, and we've we've got one to come. And, Kempi, that means that we've got a bit of time to talk about. Yes, come on. Now we're talking. We were going to go after this. No, after Warriors. Yeah. Warriors. We're going to the game, mate. We're going to the game. We, we're went, off to we went to the race. Now we're going to the game. I'd actually love to go down. I'm going to stand up. I'm starting to fatigue, boys. You might need to whip me home yeah, in the last mate. 13 minutes here. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> talk me through. Oh, sorry. Talk me through it. Warriors, Roosters, Sydney. Mate, the, the stats line up that it's going to be a really tight one. Across the board, the possession stakes, the amount of games they've played each other where they go right down to the wire and everything is leading to a really tight game. So if you're going to have a punt on this game, I reckon what you do is you either take a half-time draw or full-time draw. And if you're really bold, half-time, full-time draw with with a team winning in the back end of it. So uh, I'm looking forward to the game, mate. And and this is the start of the next five weeks. The Warriors should have won five five on the trot. Now the next five weeks they're playing the Sydney Sydney City, um, South Sydney, Manly in the next five weeks, and this is going to be telling us where they're going to end up at the back end of the year. So looking forward to it, Louis. 
Can you th- do you think Sean Johnson with that conf- that newfound confidence he's got he could go into a game against Sydney Roosters and say you know what I'm going to take this over I'm going to boss it. Well, you know, the the thing about the Sydney City Roosters is that it's an expansive game. You know, you got Tedesco at the back. He likes to carry the football. You got Joseph Manu, best player in the world, out there on the right centre, and you've got form across the board in the Roosters. So they love to play an expensive game. And you got the Warriors coming off the back of three wins. So they're not going to hold back. Um, and, and Sean Johnson, the question you ask is whether or not Sean Johnson's going to enjoy this game. If you want an expressive game to be be able to play in, this is it. And yes. I, and yeah, I that's think, what I mean. I agree. I think the form says to Sean Johnson, I reckon he's been excited, mate. He wants to get out there. And this is the game that we want to see Sean Johnson step up. Yeah. Take it to the line. Ball in two hands. Out the back. Yeah, well, you know, he's not going to step and jump around like he, he normally does when he was a 20-year-old. And, I, you know, one of the one of the biggest parts of this game this weekend is his kicking game. You know, he's up against Walker. Um, you've got Luke Carey that hasn't really hit his form yet. But Sean Johnson's kicking game is going to be paramount. And don't forget, we've said it all year, Louis. Nicarima coming off the bench at 14 is going to be, I reckon, the game changer. I agree, Kempe. Hey, uh, quick question, and I love your love your thoughts on the Warriors there. Uh, Sunday afternoon, four pm, I think you're calling it with Young Rabs. Young Rabs, yep. On SCNZ. Uh, SCNZ. So if you want to tune in, tune in to me and Young Rabs. I reckon Sammy Hewitt's doing a wonderful job in commentary too. I've only yeah, done one I'd game agree. with him, uh, and he is so prepared. You know what I like about diligent walking into the office and talking about the game is he's you know a good thing about a good commentator is he has all the stats in front of you so that you know what you're talking about. And he is so passionate about it. He contacted me this week, said, mate, we're on again this week. And I'm like, yeah, young Rabs, let's go again. <laughs> let's go run it straight. Hey, um, I actually had a message uh, over the week from Paddy Gower. Um, Good uh, bloke. Legend of a Taranakian. What do you call someone from Taranaki? Um, look, he went to Francis Douglas College. Um, Paddy, he's a... He's a uh, Nucky Knight? No. Nucky Knight? Good dude, man. Tar- like, I ran into Paddy a couple of months ago down Ponsby Road, just walking past, and he's the type of bloke like you, like yourself, Louis, where you, you just say, "Hey, Paddy," and he'll stop and talk to you for ten minutes. That's what type of bloke he is. And you know, Paddy Gow's got the head that you'd never forget. Seriously. Oh, he's got an incredible dome. What I was gonna say was, he said to me, he got in touch and he said, "Oh, he said, he said the uncle, he said the Matua Kimpi. Oh." What a legend, mate. He said, he said this. He said, mean surfer. I'm not kidding. He said, mean surfer. And then he said, was unreal with uh, Kevin Eero. Kevin Eero. In 1990 for the Kiwis? 1989, 1990. 19... That's right. And and I want to know from you, was he talking about, did you have one of those ones where you take it to the line like a good standoff? Ball in two hands. Defence doesn't know what you're going to do with it. Did you have that one where you look out the back and go flat to your prop running hard? Well, I used to like watching the All Blacks play. Like, you know, being a Kiwi, and I used to like watching the second 5-8 and how they used to wrap around and not look at the um, the player wrapping around, but look at the defender yeah. and throw the pass. So me and Kevin Edel, we, 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 we were watching that, and I was saying, hey, mate, you know, they'll throw the ball to me, and you wrap around, and I'm just going to throw it, mate. I'm just going to look at the defender, oh, and I'm good. just going to throw it into space, and you just hit, like, he's big and fast, you know what I mean? Oh, I remember playing a test match, and I, and I pulled it off, you know? I was like... It's one of those things that you you wish that you could do, and we went out there. Dean Clark was at five eight. He threw it across Kevin's face and hit me, and I just ran to the outside of the centre and just threw it into a hole. I threw the ball out without him looking, 
and Iroh hit it 100 miles an hour, mate, scoring the corner. It was... That's, I think that's what Paddy G was talking what, about, mate. Yeah, that, like, you and I it. still remember that, you know. And, and to hear that someone actually can still talk about that, like, mate, makes, it gives me goosebumps. Oh, that's unreal, Kempi. I love that. I love the passion you've got for it. Like your glasses say, you used to carve it up, brother. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, we are live at Cambridge Raceway for not much longer. It's been an awesome Easter morning on air. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. Musashi with Chemist Warehouse. It's the good sort of chalky this Easter, B-Man. You should head along to Chemist Warehouse and find yourself some of that Musashi product. We're giving away the prize back for the Choices Flooring Poll. Today I asked you, what was the greatest comeback of all time? All right? And, oh, boy, you did not disappoint. You came through with some great options. They were way better than my options. The Choices Flooring Room View Program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. See your floor change in an instant with Room View. And the winner of the poll, Joe, in a landslide, is Liverpool in the Champions League. But for our Musashi prize pack, I'm going to Chris Plowman for Froxton, who came through with the Muhammad Ali. He was banned for three years. That's right. In the 60s, stripped of the title, retained three times heavyweight champion, 10 years later, knocked out George Foreman in the 70s. Could not find a better comeback than that, Chris. Congratulations, man, for texting double eight double three the Temper Bed Post text machine. That Musashi prize back is coming your way. Back with Staffy after this. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.